0: Goes another 20 year Holy shit, I hate those guys. got 20 year Fuck those guys. Somebody help these 20-year-olds. It's time to figure it out, Ricky. To Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't fucking touch me. Okay, we can do takes of this. We can do takes of this uh, if it doesn't go well. It's time for the main event. Fighting in the UFC, five rounds. The welterweight champion, Cam, the human gourd, Anir. Amazing. Challenging in the blue corners, the three biggest cucks this side of Adelaide, the Raglan boys. Ah, I don't Ah. know the streets well. I don't Ah. know the (laughs) streets.
1: I think that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Okay. The side up. of bathers. And
0: the side of bathers. Fuck. You know what? <laughs> Adelaide runs east-west. You know what? First of all, let's just, let's just say we're on too many jams here. It's a show about all things 20-year-old. With help from friends, experts, and our own personal experiences, we hope to shed some light on those issues that leave our age group lost and confused. I did the whole intro here because Robbie's pouring our favorite and only beer near and dear to my heart. True history. We have their 12 Swans because we're sponsored. If you want that, you got to go to restaurants. But lucky for you, if you like Pilsners, they got their true history and all the dang LCBOs around you. And uh, it's so good. It makes it makes you actually to the point where when we drink this on the podcast, I get a little lit, like midday. So I ha- I've had to tone down how much beer I'm drinking.
2: You're a lightweight bitch.
0: Robbie, I have legitimately 20 pounds. You're fighting the lightweight division? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about all this because our guest, Cam, Uh, He's in the MMA world, and I have so many comments
2: about like weight and my attributes and see where I'd I'd land. Dude, every time we've worked together, I've just grilled him nonstop. about All the MMA drama. He
1: (laughs) Um, apologizes after. I love it, man.
2: (laughs) That's great, but that's why we invited him on because he's a legend, and we'll get into that.
0: Uh, We have Kev joining us in studio over here. Producer Kev, can we get a what, what? (laughs) Oh, he's got the what, what? (laughs) He's got the laugh track going or the, the applause. And uh, super pumped for this episode because our listeners may not know, but uh, Robbie and I thoroughly enjoy fighting. Um, And so does Cam, and he's also just a good dude. He's mutual friends with Kristen, he bartends with us, and every time Rob works with him, he comes home and has... Tells me about this thing. Cam said I started to get a little jealous. <laughs>
2: so we invited him on. Also, Tra- Trav keeps joking about how I got a man crush on Cam because I got because I come home from shifts. I'm like, yo, like just talking to Cam about this, like in the MMA world.
1: <laughs> Feelings and mutual, don't worry. Oh, it's yeah. mutual. Okay. Why, why? And I'm like, getting yeah, little, I know,
2: I know. I have getting a, a little more jealous. Cam, Cam is the man. Although He's Trav, it's on the taking podcast. this long. We're to... gonna get through
1: it all. Yeah. What's that? So. It's taking this long to meet you. So I mean, I
0: know. You know what? I'm I'm a little bit in the shadows. I'm uh kind of hard guy to get to. You know what I mean? Let's have a sip.
1: Cheers, boys. Cheers.
2: I also want to say last episode we uh, we spoke about um our YouTube comments. Yes. And and I forget Sals 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 uh made a comment and uh just just being like like very nice uh, about he's like oh I, lo- I love the podcast like it yeah, it we stopped. were getting
0: chirped a little bit, and then we made a comment last episode, and the guy was just like, "Oh, he was like, I was just fucking around." He's like, yeah. "Love the pod." <laughs> we, we, we
2: appreciate you, Sal's, and um, but YouTube is still deleting your comments. Figure so out why YouTube's deleting your comments. I, we we couldn't respond; it wasn't there. But uh, yes, I uh, just wanted to address
0: that. How do you like the beer? Delicious. It is delicious. It is hey, delicious. yeah,
2: it's good. Um,
0: so yeah, support the boys instead of support like giving money to companies that don't really need it. Um, The boys will also say support other local craft breweries, but don't listen to them. Listen to us and only support them.
2: True history, 12 Swans is available only in uh, select bars. Farmer in the Sky is available all throughout the city. Um, Go pick some up. up.
0: Yeah. said that twice, but that's Did you you say that? Yeah. It's all good. I was
2: was too focused on pouring some milk here. Uh, and then we have Bottle Rocket
0: Haircuts, our hair. Liv D. Is Robbie's girlfriend. She sponsors our domes. If you need a trim, look at the show notes for info. I got mine info. done this week. It looks actually. really good. Thank you. And Wrist uh, and Rye, if you want jewelry, 15% off, Jams 15. Now, let's get in the episode because fuck sponsors, right? Yeah. Half those sponsors were us.
2: Stick it to the man.
0: Stick it to the man. Cam, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, sir. Good to be here. Excited.
0: Uh, I mean, we have we have so much we want to talk to you about. I, I hate that I have to be patient and start, you know, just we'll get slow, slow, gentle. A little bit of slow burn? A little bit of foreplay, you know? We get to know each other a little bit before we get into the nitty gritties. Um, but uh, we want to start with where we always start with people. We start like kind of like childhood-ish because I love to see how somebody gets to what you're doing now, which is really cool. Like working in a fight gym, involved in MMA and, and all this stuff. So where did you grow up?
1: Grew up in Aurora. Uh, went to where is that it is half hour north of Toronto there. It's uh, Not a ton to do but I mean great childhood um, Like like is it is it like suburbs or crazy. is it more land like more like more, space? more suburbs We're like okay. surrounded by like King City um, Bradford's pretty nearby so like we do have farmland around but it's pretty it's yeah a gentrified area your family still lives
2: there. Yep. still yeah, yeah. lives
1: there uh, Spend so, their time between there and Sarnia which is where our cottage is so kind of grew up between Sarnia
0: and Uh, yeah and i wasn't trying to be a jerk i legitimately as i said in the intro i don't even know the streets that well in toronto lived here my whole life i know the names of every town around us other than oshawa i pretty much don't know where they are why do you why do you know where oshawa is just because i it's i don't know
1: (laughs) it's just (laughs) so so random got a girlfriend there didn't you you
0: know (laughs) what no
1: uh, with the flight did you do some flights out there
0: Sorry?
2: Your boyfriend lives out there?
0: No, I flew in London. I know all the towns around London very well. Um, (laughs) Toronto, I flew over once. And yeah, I did fly over uh, towards um, uh, Ottawa. So I did fly over like Kingston, Oshawa. Kind of know that path. I know Hamilton and um, anything along that straight line shot. Mm -hmm. Peterborough, I know it's up there because I think I drive to it on the way to my cottage. Aurora, Whitby, all these other ones. I'm kind of like, they're somewhere out there. It's kind of
1: like in the Midland between like, Hardest green country belt? and right, right, green belt. That's that, uh, the shield, right? That's the, the shield. That's the shield. So, Aurora, you said a good
0: childhood. Like, just was it, was it like you play hockey? Like, what kind of, yeah, yeah.
1: I grew up playing hockey, uh, soccer, you know, basketball, volleyball. Uh, kind of did tr- tried to do it all at least, you know, depending on the season, right? But, uh, it wasn't until. UFC, I mean, for jumping right into... Keep
0: that keep that tight sorry, up
1: right, there. Right up there, fist away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't until one of my buddies invited me over to watch UFC 100 with them, which was that millennial event with GSP on there, uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah, so yeah. That was definitely a big turning yeah. point in the UFC's... Uh, uh, when was this? That was 2010 or 20, 2009, I want to say. Uh, so, like, 10, 11 years ago. So, this, right. will,
0: this would have been towards the end of high school, though, for you.
1: Right, exactly. So, I didn't know... Uh, how much I enjoyed it until watching the fights on that night, and from then on, it just changed my whole perception of sport of what I actually love to do. And um, were you doing any fighting at the time? No, I've I I thought I didn't know anything about it. Um, when I saw fights on TV growing up, uh, my parents weren't exactly into. Like boxing Uh, boxing or or MMA in general, so it was not really in my wheelhouse. And literally that night changed my whole perspective.
0: So in in you're just playing like the typical sports, pretty pretty normal Canadian profile there. Um, Middle school, high school. Were you the athlete? Were you the kind of like jack of all trades? You doing any of the artsy stuff? Like what kind of stick were you running?
1: Definitely more of the uh, athletic type. I say I'm not trying to flex. No, or or anything but flex I, on
0: it just this flex <laughs> on people here. Anyone uh, bully you? Shout about now. Look at me now.
1: I definitely enjoyed playing sports uh growing up for sure.
0: Okay, so you were in the athletic crowd. Right. Did you because I like the athletic crowd sometimes didn't really get into the partying too much or sometimes the athletic crowd were the party. What was it in Aurora kind of? So
1: that was that's an interesting question. Uh I can't, I roll with a, a group of guys, all really really solid dudes. Um we just kind of did our own thing. Whether it was in elementary school or high school, like we we went, we had our own parties. We had our own, like it was no real, I didn't I didn't feel that there was a lot of clicks. Okay. In, in our high school. We had a solid group of guys, hung out with a solid group of girls. And, uh, you know, whether it was parties or chilling at every single park in Aurora.
0: Would there be people at your high school that would say that were on the outside of that group that would definitely say it was
1: clicks. Yeah, there was clicks and I
0: wasn't a part of them. I
1: I wouldn't say so. Okay, so anyone was invited? At least not for us. I wouldn't say anyone was invited, but it was more so we just kind of kept to ourselves, like a group, like we, it was like 12 to 15 great group of guys and just kind of do our thing. Cool. Was it a small school? Relatively so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you watched this fight
2: and you see, you see uh, Lesnar and um, and GSP right. that one night, and then what? Like, did you like the next day? Did you like go?
1: You know, start researching. Yeah, like did you classes did you to have be a career path of, or, like, at
0: all? Thought out a university no, at all? Thought out like no. any idea?
1: No idea, no idea, and for a long time I didn't for sure. Yeah, um, I knew if we're going into university at that point, you are starting to look at university. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, doing. you were watching that correct, fight. Correct, yeah. right? So. I knew I loved language, you know, using that kind of as a tool, whether it was written or verbal. So I knew, uh, I figured at least I would go into English to begin with in university and kind of saw where that take me. Um, obviously, with, with that, you're going to a general arts degree. It's not really streamlined. Yeah, yeah so, as well. Yeah, and like, I didn't, you know, you're a kid. I have no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but in terms of uh, the MMA path, I just thought that was something that was so new to me. It was so exciting that I just wanted to kind of dive in. So as you said, the next day, looked up MMA gyms, and I was lucky enough to have a gym point-blank, uh, mixed martial arts, like 20, 30 feet from my house. I oh, not know shit. though. Yeah, like tucked around the corner. So started wow. going there that week. Um, wow.
0: You watched the fight, and you got... In the gym that week. That week, yeah, yeah, Were you like? Did you? Were you already like decent size at this point? Were you scrawny no, kid? No, no.
1: I'm definitely like, I was t- t- definitely tall for sure, and my uh, curly headed fro made it even taller. But gotcha. uh, lanky for sure. I, I was definitely athletic. I loved. Uh, at, that, at that point, I was starting to work out for sure, but I mean, I was skinny. I'm still, yeah. I'm <laughs> still lanky, but like, it's
0: you, and me both, pal. Yeah,
1: it's tar- tough to put on muscle. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> it's about to put on muscle. So uh so
2: so you start going to the gym and stuff university as well um what, what did you decide to do there like where did you where did you go to school after i school? went to, i went to queens afterwards yeah.
1: for english and history um amazing time some of the best four years of my life as i'm sure you guys can attest to it's Winter's a fun university. place it's i've been ridiculous. down there like
2: i had a ton of friends yeah. that um that that went to queens right and uh i would go visit you know for like homecoming and stuff it's a ton of fun down there
1: it's a great spot yeah
2: a bit of a different vibe like Western was the
0: bars. You're Western, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Rob and I uh, both went to Western. And it, it was like the bars and like kind of um, it felt like a mini Toronto feel. Like you go out to a destination, you don't know a lot of the people there Yeah. until um, like your later years when a regular crowd emerges. It felt like the same deal. There's lineups, promoters, shows, uh, you know, uh, line bypass booths. Then when you got back to Toronto, it was like the same shit. Whereas when I visited Queens, I don't know a single Queens bar. It was Mm -hmm. house parties. People knew each other, regular, like this guy has parties a lot. Every weekend, a couple different houses in the area. Totally Totally different different vibe.
2: vibe. Yeah, everyone was congregated in that one ghetto area where it was like much more spread out. I like There might have been a little bit of that at Western, but like we lived downtown. uh, House party was rarer. Yeah.
0: Prees, yeah, sure. House parties were were, were rarer, except for the frat house, but that's a whole different story. There's frats at Queens too, yeah?
1: No. No? Not no, not, okay. not I that I know, know of, not yeah. that I know of, not that I ever saw.
0: Yeah, I there wouldn't need to be one, I guess, right. if you're
1: doing it the way you're doing.
0: So you were in your arts degree. Did you keep that MMA thing going? Was there a gym there?
1: Right. Yeah. So I've been to I bounced around a few different gyms uh, over my life, but you know, training since I was 17, but very much on and off. You know, I'm not trying to like. I was at a point where you like. You, I thought I I, I was dedicated, or like I hadn't really realized that. that Sorry, I hadn't realized I'd realized that full passion yet. Um, So like I'm, I would skip days. I wouldn't go for like a couple weeks. I would instead go to the gym and like get get like a fucking pump or something like that, right? Just stupid. Like nothing. I wasn't actually dedicating myself to it, despite knowing that I actually loved it. Um, Just immature. Just immature at that point. So bounced around from a few gyms, both uh, at Queens uh, Grizzly Gym out there. Shout out to the Grizzly Gym in Kingston. Uh, Super great guys for sure (laughs) and uh, there's also there's a few like there's a judo club. There's a jujitsu club Um, Did you like bounce through all those? Yeah. Yeah, so I I definitely spent some time um, In both of those places and then coming back in the summers as well uh, In Aurora I went to 905 BJJ another really really good gym Um, But again, it was always it was always it seemed in hindsight to play like second fiddle a little bit Yeah, yeah. so then
0: like did you even think there was a career in it? Like you're partying at Queens, you're having a good time, yeah. doing all right at school, I'm guessing, just just you know checking the boxes like we all do. Exactly. Dabbling on the side, like the same way we would have played, you know, our, our rec hockey a few times a week and hit the gym. You were just going to the, um, the the MMA stuff. And did you were you like, you know what? I'm gonna get a job in this, or you're like, this is my hobby. I need to look for writing jobs, whatever jobs you do.
1: Never in a million years did I think that I would be able to make a career out of this. Like okay. even even uh, as recently as this summer, you know, mm-hmm. trying to thinking about you as we're told, you know, especially growing up, uh, I was blessed to be uh, have a number of like information interviews with people who my parents respected, and they thought it would be good for me to uh, kind of chat with them.
0: They just hook you up with some friends, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, in, in relatively high places, and uh, they would always say, "Follow your passion. Follow your passion." Like you might not know what that is, but one day you'll find it. And I just it's, it was hard to imagine at that point. Um, well, you I, probably I, have that conversation <laughs> all the time with yourself, which is like, well, unfortunately, my
2: passion is this.
1: That's exactly what I did. Yeah, for like for years. And there's no careers for that and, for me. Uh,
2: and I remember you uh, you saying something when we worked one shift. You, you were talking about what you're doing currently, and we'll we'll eventually get there. But um, yeah, yeah, you, you made a comment. You were like, "I'm doing this now," and like, "I'm not fucking around." Like, like this is this is what I'm doing. Like, you're like you're dead set on it. And uh,
1: right. And I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm blessed that uh, it took me even though it was this long for me to kind of fall upon that realization i feel like in another another world i could have easily have continued down the same path being in and you know tech sales that's what i was doing before yeah um and just continue through that whether you know i'm 27 now i could have been 37 47 and not realize that so
0: was there a shake was there a shock like what like what i know what caused my total career change was injury it was stuff like that but like how did you get out of like you said, the tech sales, which is the landing place for a lot of people. A lot of people. That especially come up with arts the arts. Degrees.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, it was more so that it, in a not so dramatic way, I didn't want to wake up one day and regret what I didn't do. You just know? one day you woke up and you're like, fuck it. Yeah, like I felt like I wasn't living the life that I really wanted to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like this is what I want to dedicate myself to. And it took me as many years as it did for me to realize that. And once I did, I just got had to make a run of it. Had to make a run of it. I regret it otherwise. Love that. So, so you uh,
2: you finished university. Yep. And what job did you pursue, or like what happened after you're done at Queens?
1: Uh, I so being in English and history. Yeah. I realized I was lacking any sort of business acumen. Right. So in hindsight, do I wish I'd gone to business school? For sure. You know, I think like you didn't, you didn't run any, uh,
0: small businesses like cutting lawns, shit like that.
1: No, no, no. Your description of my university career was pretty accurate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, cool. uh, so no, I didn't do, uh, uh, I didn't have a lot of business acumen. So I figured I wanted to get different looks in the business world. So I started, uh, in marketing, uh, Doing a little bit of uh, internship with the Jays Care Foundation, cool. uh, which was super cool. I got a chance to interview some of the uh, some of the Jays players at their big gala, which was which was awesome. Kind of getting that was like a first foray into knowing how to speak to these professional athletes. Something that I'm doing now with yeah. the MMA fighters, and which we'll, we'll get into. But that was a good uh, opportunity to kind of be cool around people who are used to people not being cool. Yeah, them. yeah. That's
0: oh. so awesome. It, 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 that seems like a pretty unique first job. Even like all said and done, we were kind of like downplaying your your
1: pre-MMA lifestyle. But that's a dope first job. It was cool. I mean, it was definitely, it might sound like I wasn't, uh, wasn't like I was making waves or anything, but it yeah. was a really cool uh, gig to have, especially to, to start. Yeah. And then kind of from there, I moved to operational, like uh, helping In the background, uh, at the it's called the offer Group. It was a uh, not-for-profit consulting firm, and then moved to sales, which is where I figured I would end. Right. So, were these like family connections, Were these random applications? Some family connections. Some my uh, my mom and dad have definitely hooked me up uh, through their network in in a a lot of ways throughout my life, which I feel like a lot of people are in that. Oh, totally, dude. It's It's, there's there's no There's no shame.
0: I, I always. Uh, you get two responses. Oh, nepotism, like uh yeah, it's it's who you know. And I'm I'm just like, Well yeah, if you happen to have that advantage, use it. Yeah, like, exercise what you got. If that's the way society is, and, and your parents know people, use it. And if you don't have that connection and, and you know knowing people gets you places, start knowing people. Go to network. There's, there's totally. people that knew nobody that networked their way up way higher than any nepotism kid could. They had a harder
1: path, but they just fucking did it. Right. And like it speaks to as well how respected your own parents are as well like these people are willing to go to bat yeah for you f- because of your parents so Sh- i mean it was
0: shout out parents <laughs> everywhere <laughs> parents everywhere <laughs> for putting in the work um cool so you you landed in tech sales i thought you went right into tech sales because that is it is a capturing ground for a lot of uh uh arts degrees because they they don't necessarily have a direct point of hire. They get into sales. They get some experience. They figure out what they do and don't like talking to clients, seeing other companies, talking to friends. And then usually they leverage that into either staying in sales or like marketing or whatever. You kind of flip that around. You did marketing operations, then sales. Yes. Okay. Um, so you're in sales. You're thinking you're going to do this for a while. Again, MMA, hobby, background. 100%. Watching it, fighting
2: sometimes. Are you still training at this time?
1: At this time, yes, until... But like, un, un, until sales, so yeah, very on and off for sure un, off. until sales yeah. hit the, uh, sorry, the sales, uh, job started because then I separated my shoulder playing hockey, uh, uh very badly. So I was out for nearly three years. Men's um, league. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Like play, play playing with my dad. Three and years. Yeah. three because th- just caught an edge, uh, try to take a suicide pass. No one's hitting you or anything. Just caught an edge, went into the boards, uh, shoulder first AC joint injury um, three years and I'm also an idiot about it like
2: yeah
1: you know you figure you're okay I went back to the gym for like two weeks after that I couldn't even raise my arm above my head and I still it's just it's just silly you know what I mean You you don't know until it's too late so I ended up aggravating it worse than I should have and so three years later of really not being able to do much and and in that just to be you know totally candid you know you lose some of your identity. And as you asked me before, who did I figure I was before this, you know, I thought I was an athlete Yeah, and I thought I put a lot of stake of my own personality in my ability to, uh, you know, whether it's move or be exercise or or nutrition, right? I I put a lot of stock in that. And so for that to be put on hold for what was Becoming one year two years three years.
0: I identify completely. That's that's what my head injuries were like So so you
2: stopped kind of doing all
1: athletic, right? The only thing I could do was sit on a bike or uh, Which is kind of this is ridiculous. Uh, I would do the CN tower climb Every other day for a while every few days after that uh, in my building. I would just run 144 flights. You're a freak. That, this is a that, that's oh, like, that's You're an awesome. absolute freak. Wait, wait, up and then 144 down? <laughs> oh, elevator down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, elevator yeah. down. Yeah. so people yeah. in the penthouse would be like, what are you doing? Like, I would come up just panting and sweating. They're like, what? Yeah. I'm re- from someone? So
0: three Which years, then obviously maybe you figured out your injury a little bit, started doing some
1: rehab? Yeah, so started rehabbing, uh, and like once I was, I could feel the progression, it started, I could feel myself coming back. Yeah. I could feel my, my personality coming back, and like I did something stupid. I just I figured uh I just need to wait this out. I need to wait out this injury until um until it's better. So like I can just kind of take a back seat. I stayed in a job that I wasn't enjoying. Um, this is tech sales. This was in tech stuff? sales and it was I held a lot of resentment towards it. Um but I figured like, just wait it out. Just wait it out. Like you'll you'll be you'll you'll feel like yourself once you're uh I, again, hindsight's everything, right? I wish I had the at that time the mental fortitude or just the foresight to be able to understand you're you're going to get better. This is not going to be forever. Um, so when it did, I did start to get better and I realized I can't stay here. Um, so I needed to move. I did again and I thought I just needed to be in a better space that was maybe more suited for me. So moved to another tech job, loved the team. I felt happy going in every day. Uh, People who I really uh, resonated with, and it was more, they were more, um, they were closer to my demographic,
2: I would say. And you're working in offices like similar to the ones we worked at 111. For for SIPBAR. I worked at 111. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you told me that actually. And
1: so when I was doing that, uh, and I would, as I said, went in every day, felt good, looked forward to it. And then one day I realized, you know, that's not, it wasn't, it was the people that was making me happy, it wasn't the job.
0: I, I got two comments about that. Um, one, it's almost harder to leave something like that, right? It, like it's like you you get there and it's good and you like you like going to work. It, it's one thing when someone's like I hate work and I made a change. It's one thing when someone's like I love my work and I made a change. You realize you love the people. Um, oh, fuck, I forget my second thing. <laughs> no, concussions. Concussions. Um, I don't remember the second thing is. So I'll just loop back to it was kind of that injury that that sparked a lot of this stuff I find in these injuries is how I gained almost all my perspective about identity, about life paths and stuff. Mine was a two, three, kind of an ongoing thing right now, but it was two years before I even started rehabilitating. Um, I lost my identity. I was downtrodden and like different and had to, had all these limitations because of my head and neck injuries. And, and it was in the recovery and in that whole experience that I changed my path, path to this. But um, I wouldn't change it. And I don't. I, I bet you would say the same thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now I wouldn't, right? Yeah. Knowing where I kind of came from, and also just having that perspective, as you said, to know that you can overcome it. It's just you get lost in the moment. Completely, I'm a different person moment.
0: because of it, and yeah. I'm better for it. And I, I, like you said, if I didn't have that head injury, I would have probably continued on with my piloting degree. Would have gotten a job as a pilot thinking I'll do something on the side, which was my only, always my plan. Stuck it out because things are good. and I would have never switched and, and realized that although this path is harder and shittier in a lot of ways and less glamorous for now, yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs>
1: I'm fucking so happy.
0: Yeah. Totally. I'm like,
1: all right. like On the right path. Is
0: it, what's that worth in the grand scheme of things? So we'll figure out if it's all worth it. Let's get back to you. I don't remember what my second thing was. You're in a job you like, but you realize you like the people. Right, the work. Are you good at sales? Are you? Do you have a knack for it, or middle of the? Pack? I think so. Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah. Um, I think it also depends on how much you, you, you care and are willing to put into it. Um, I don't know a lot about the law, at all, and it was a legal tech company. Um, it was illegal. In no, a legal, legal, illegal. Like, a- like it was yeah. Oh, a, illegal. Yeah, a, a legal tech yeah, company. Yeah. And uh, so I do think I'm good at sales, and I think it comes from like I'm. I mean, I like to think I'm a genuine guy, and like I actually do care. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I was I was made for that gig by okay. any means. You know what I mean? Um, I, I was doing well, but uh, wasn't wasn't you know being a shoe in for the sales director? I guess.
0: Okay. Okay. So then you're 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 enjoying yourself, as you said. Right. The injury is recovered at this point?
1: Injury is better. And once I'd hit that, so the injury was better in January when I left my job. And that was when I started going, going back to the MMA gyms, which was six MMA in Toronto. How was,
0: so like take us through that transition. Nagging thought kind of creeps in. How long did it take you to make that decision? Like what were your kind of like big pros and cons and what was the tipping point?
1: I went to England to visit my sister and my niece, okay. being an uncle is the best, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, Uncle Kevin. Kev the there knows all All, about all the that. fun with the zero responsibilities, so yeah, yeah. yeah Kevin can relate that, eh? <laughs> uh, so that was awesome. And just being there and not doing anything, I, I, I wanted to go there to just really envelop myself in, in my sister's life, you know, very, very quiet. And in those moments for that week, I had a chance to think. And that's really what it was. And again, I know it sounds dramatic. It was it more so just kind of accumulated over the course of a few weeks. And uh, and then I just made the move. I went and uh, talked to the gym owner a couple weeks later of Six MMA, uh, which is where I'm training and working now. And I just made this, uh, I, this proposal to him where I wanted to be the brand manager. I recognize that there's this hole in the MMA industry with Toronto being so massive. Right. Yeah. in terms of the revenue that the UFC brings when they come here, um, and just how big MMA is in Toronto, they don't really have like a stalwart. They don't really have like that that one gym that stands out as being uh, the most infamous. Not like there's like a Jackson Winkeljohn. Well, it's because we don't have New Mexico or something like that.
0: I feel it's because we don't have fighters from here that have made the main stage that would like. either endorse the gym they came from or start a gym where then a few other big-name fighters kind of revolve around and create that gravity. So without that, like you said, there is a huge hole to fill, and they need the gym to make that fighter
1: too. Right. Is there any
2: big Toronto fighters right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of really talented guys. The guys who are from Toronto, train in Toronto, and are big in the UFC right now, I, d- I don't know if there's one standout currently, but again, lots of good guys. But not I've, mainstream big is what I'm yeah. saying. Right, like, right. Like to, yeah, yeah. to
0: where like guys like us would know about them. Or, correct. I'm sure correct. there's a shitload
1: of great Toronto fighters
0: competing in um, all the, the feeder leagues and, right, and yeah. stuff like that, for like sure. A, like
1: I just, I just we, we were just uh, in the gym at uh, Parabellum MMA up, uh, uptown there with Elias Theodoro, who's mm-hmm. an ex-UFC fighter. Cool. Um, but yes, yeah, so lots of really talented guys. No superstars though i'd say I, yeah. th- I
2: feel like uh with with all gyms w- with uh the train mma be- because this sp- i mean the sport is obviously growing but it is kind of a close knit community that um you know if if you're training at one of these gyms um there's guys constantly that are always like sort of one degree or two degrees of separation from the big stars in the ufc 100 100 it's like e- Like,
1: someone will be at your gym that, like, knows someone who's, you know, headlining UFC. Right. Like, right? Exactly. So, like, you are all... It's for being such a worldwide phenomenon in what is one of the biggest growing, fastest growing sports in the world, as you said there, Robbie, like, you are always a few degrees separated from, like, Joe Rogan or, like, George St. Pierre or something like that. Yeah. For example, um, I'm now working with, in addition to being the brand manager for 6MMA, started working very recently with Devolution Productions which is an MMA production company shooting promos for, uh, Canadian and hope and soon to be, uh, international, uh, professional fight leagues. Right now it's prospect MMA is the main one we're working for there. Um, and in doing that, uh, like next week, unfortunately I can't attend. Uh, but they're heading out to TriStar, which is where George St. Pierre, Rory McDonald, Farah Sahabi, all these guys, um, that's a, that's a legendary Canadian gym. And, and so Where is that? That's in Montreal. Okay, so well, they're, that's they're, what I'm
0: saying. Because of GSP, Montreal has its legendary right. staple where all these guys kind of orbit around. But yeah. not,
1: not just GSP, GSP though. Like Farah hobby yeah, is, no. is a mastermind. Like he's the coach behind it. And they're currently like, they are bringing in amazing, amazing top level guys. Well, because well, somebody still. had to
0: train GSP too, right? So right. they had they because if it's spread out in Toronto, then. I feel like, yeah, these guys can get good training, but without sort of like a hub, a core where like the, the kind of cream rises to, I don't think you're going to spit out like a top performer guy just from the Toronto system alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so say this is just my, I know nothing. Say there's a bunch of gyms that have a few hundred people fighting there, some really good coaches and stuff like that, right. but their, their efforts are so spread out and the next level is just leaving to a different place that has those guys. You know, if there was a gym in Toronto that had the most hype, the most kind of like media around it where the bigger guys kind of rose to, the bigger coaches, maybe from each of the gyms went to as a next level in Toronto, Right. maybe the best fighters would then go from their gyms to that as the next stage, centralize the best fighters, the best coaches, spit out a GSP.
1: That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. When you're you're talking about having a stable of guys who are really good. And since iron sharpens iron, as the classic yeah. saying goes, you're definitely going to invite uh, or entice a lot of these uh, other guys to come to Toronto. And because, you know, it's good to get, for these, a lot of these guys to get different looks, like a few of the guys right now uh, that we train with at 6MMA. One guy's at Bali MMA. That's Mike McAloon. He's our, one of our pros there. Um, guys who are fighting, uh, going to the Philippines, going to Mexico, just to get different looks. But once you have these gyms that start to breed these absolute killers, yeah. and you're going to, get guys who are going to start coming there and staying there.
0: Well, it's well, the it's reason why Toronto has, or Canada in general, but Toronto produces all right. these NHL players is is because the there's these centralized leagues with tiers that concentrate talent. And, you know, if there was a gym, it's not competitive. Every team knows their role kind of in developing people along the route. With gyms, like I'm sure they would love to uh, have these kind of like centralized things, which – grow the sport, attract more people to fighting that join gyms on a, you know, spread out around the neighborhood basic level. They get good enough. They get recognized by the next tier bigger gyms. You move up the ladder. You fight better people. You get better coaches. And I think that's like, as you said, there is a hole. Just from someone who's casually looked at joining MMA stuff, there is a hole. And you brought that to them. You pitched that to them and they were all on board. They hired you on. And it's like a perfect example of, if you love something, and you, you said it yourself when we were talking before, you don't want to be a UFC fighter.
1: No, 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 no. That big, big disclaimer there.
0: So when you watch UFC and you're like, oh, I love UFC, ah, like, I'm, I, want, I don't want to be a UFC fighter, like, then this isn't a career for me. There's all these jobs surrounding all the things you love, whereas if Robbie and I, you know, d- 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 say we want to be musicians, there's some people that are like, I don't want to put in all this grind and work to be a rock star. I just want to be in this game,
2: yeah. And you there, did and exactly the that. thing. There's like tons of jobs around that, but I, I think to your point, to 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 sum it up, it's uh, it's an infrastructure thing, right? That that you're and you
0: you saying you, you is can is be lacking. involved in making that here, which is a really cool 100%. opportunity. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like that that just leads to just to explain my mentality a little bit. Um, like the amount of respect to have for these guys and girls who 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 can make that walk, which not everyone can. You know they're they're not like us you know what i mean they're it, yeah. it takes a different level of dedication of of courage of um of hard work to train for months on end to cut weight to have all this doubt going through your mind training to fight another trained professional who's training just to fight you yeah all that work all that same same work yeah and and you yeah they 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 have no idea right they have uh and people don't understand like kind of work that comes into this and i feel like a lot of people don't understand it from outside the sport necessarily yeah not only what goes into it but what they're seeing like the level of skill it's not a brawl every movement every action reaction is all is all trained it's it's all it's very very skillful it's not just a you know,
2: because because like brawl. when when the fights get announced, I mean, how how far in advance will a fight get announced before they actually have the fight? I think that
0: depends. It depends, yeah. Like yeah. sometimes people take fights on like a month, weeks yeah. notice. And,
1: yeah. and also, but like what? But but, what, like, but what, like what stage are we talking? We're talking about UFC. There, yeah, A UFC. lot of times they'll have a little bit more time yeah, if they're not short notice replacements. Yeah, or if it's like <laughs> an, an amateur event, or yeah. you can, I'm sure you can set up a fight within like a month or two. Yeah, so it's, it'll be a,
2: a couple months, but like as soon as that fight's announced, that uh, I mean both both teams are reviewing how that fighter fights and a total game plan geared toward like like they're not just training general no fight tactics yeah. like they're they're manufacturing a full on game plan about how to destroy the other person Correct. based upon their previous fights their between fight their sets of skills their. Yeah
1: their advantages, their, uh, their disadvantages, uh, like what some, some of the strengths are of your fighter, mm-hmm. capitalizing on the weaknesses of someone else.
0: No, it's fucking beautiful. It's chess checkers and just brutality. And yeah. like every... Okay, watching boxing, I know there's an art to it too. I know there's all this stuff. Oh
1: my God, they're but, so talented.
0: They're so talented, but it wasn't interesting to me for, for I think this reason. Um, in MMA, I feel like I compare MMA to like when I watch poker or something. These guys are the best in the world. They train. They do. They put in the hours. They have all these games that they play. But there's always that element of like chance, right? There's always that like anyone can win.
1: Every fight starts on the feet, right?
0: Right. So when these guys in the MMA, whereas boxing, I feel like you kind of know based on attributes and talent a lot of times who can win that fight. There's a le- there's that less of like a chance. It's more of a war of attrition. A lot of scoring. Yeah. A lot of like. In other sports, when you have good teams, you kind of have a good idea that they can pull it off. Whereas in MMA, because it's so wild, and you have to be good at so many different disciplines, which is impossible to
1: be. Right, to to be great at many different
2: disciplines. Plus, it's more condensed, and guys will give it their all for those rounds, like a little bit harder, right? It's not so much of a long play. That's why I love it. And at any moment, the guy who you think can win
0: can get kicked in the face. And lose. Correct. Yeah. He just makes one misstep, and the other guy just happens to have a great kick. Like something. There's always that element of chance, which is why, I like poker too, is no matter how good they are, there's always that exciting. What the fuck just happened? And
1: I'm obsessed. I love it. Right. And like that comes a lot from just having more tools. You're comparing it to boxing. Which again, at in of itself, is that's the reason they call it the sweet science, right? But with MMA, you just have way more tools. You can take it to the ground. You have throws. You have knees, elbows, kicks. Um, you can do some dirty boxing where you're in the clinch and you can, you know, hold the back of their head and yeah. and punch them with, with the other hand. There's just so many more options, so many more angles uh, and situations where you're in danger. Um, and in, even in terms of like what you just said there, one misstep. That's the beauty about MMA is that since you have so many tools, you can be timing that misstep. You can be setting the opponent up for that misstep through feints, through uh, circling a certain way. A good example of that is Dan Henderson, Michael Bisbing, uh, the the first one. I don't know if you guys remember that fight. That was also, by the way, on UFC 100. Crazy, crazy fight where he circles into his power hand and that's one of the most vicious knockouts of all time. I can't recall that. Thing right
0: is, enough. I have seen so many and I'm not in well, the sport enough to remember we'll, like these we'll, moments. We'll check it out. I'm sure if I sh- if I showed yeah, you Yeah, yeah, we'll look at
2: it after. <laughs> um th- this question just popped into my head, but if if you if there are like 3 like 3 to 5 you're absolutely not allowed to do rules. In MMA, what would they be? It changes all the time.
1: Uh, so one really silly rule, which is going to be changed soon, I hope. Yeah, uh, is the twelve to six elbow rule. Which so this is this I'm, I'm parroting this from like uh, down on the head, right? Yeah, I'm parroting this from Big John McCarthy and uh, Joe Rogan who talks a lot a lot about this. Yeah, this is where John Jones, who is the pound for pound best fighter in the world, and is fighting this weekend. Um, he uh, he That's has so his one cool. loss. Yeah, seriously, he was one loss on his resume. Uh, against Matt Hamill, who's that deaf UFC fighter, which is an, an amazing story in, in in of itself. But um, he twelve to six elbows apparently in the classic karate demonstrations uh, would break ice blocks. Okay. And so when the judges or the commission, sorry, the commission, uh, many of whom I would say most of whom are not fighters, do not have fighter experience, uh, they see that and they go, "Oh my god, he's breaking an ice block with to break a skull like you're hitting someone with your shin." Like that's like a log flying across the room. You know what I mean? Like it's there's yeah. so much these the, the hits you can do, uh, sort of different techniques that you can use. In in uh, other than the twelve to six elbows, are are so much more devastating. And also yeah, those ice block
0: breaks. The ice block isn't moving, and also you're coming down on it with your weight. Like, it'd be hard for a UFC fighter to get two feet of elevation
1: above a head. You can also just hit weight. You could break that ice block with so many other techniques. Your you're heel. If you're that guy, right? Yeah. Dude, just, you can spinning heel kick someone, and that is, that's a dangerous move, man. So, so 12 to 6. 12 that's, to 6. That's and a no like right now. Clock, right? 12 to 6. Yeah. So they, so that is a rule where so John Jones has his one disqualification loss, which is bullshit. But, um, yeah. And so that's what that's from but you can do like different angles if you even hit it like if you literally think about a clock or like 11 yeah. to or five um you can do that it just has to hit an angle that's one eye pokes are a no-go and yeah, now yeah. we're talking about john jones as well that's just, he's an that's absolute guy, rule breaker that guy <laughs> definitely likes his eye pokes for sure but he is the best in the world for a reason that's just one where it's tough because it's a fight you know what i mean anything can happen anything at all can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're in the midst of that chaos, you know you, and especially with the way the gloves are, you can't close your fist, right? So you're, uh, when you're measuring distance, right? Sometimes guys will will keep their hands up to kind of keep you at bay and to measure their next shot. But and it,
0: yeah, if they hit you while you have your hand up and you you drive it forward and it goes into their eyes. Right, right. Yeah. And
1: like yeah, if you hit someone and you're trying to defend yourself and you you put your hand up and they move in because they're moving forward so quickly, yeah. they can walk into your hand. It's a bit of a shit show, honestly. So points are... It's tough to get it taken away from eye pokes, but... Yeah.
0: What about... Um,
1: nut shots. Is it,
0: yeah, nut shots are in there. Biting. Yeah, <laughs> You can't
1: bite that. No bites, no fish hooks. And then... Um, fish hooks. Joints. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so no small joint manipulation. Like, you couldn't, like, rip your fingers off sort yeah. of thing. Which, that's a nice rule. That's I a, like. nice, rule. Yeah. That's a but, nice rule. But even, like, big joint. No, you can fuck big Oh, that, that's stuff. the point. So that, that's jiu Now we're talking about jujitsu, Like, an arm bar, right? Yeah. You can crank that shit.
2: People break their arms, I feel like. All the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah.
1: And continue fighting. And knock guys out with the broken arm. To,
2: to, wait, wait, you're allowed to break, in, like, in so an arm So
1: if a guy doesn't, yeah, oh, yeah. So it's, that's on him. That's on him. It's He's, like, that, that's your business to tap or not and if we're uh, talking about John Jones again, him fighting Vitor Belfort. He broke his arm, right? He broke his arm in the first round against Vitor, and that was TRT Vitor. That's like dinosaur purple Vitor where he's on just roids. on so much roids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just straight TRT. And uh which is not roids, but, okay, but <laughs> so he's on he's TRT. P- p- what about yeah. um,
2: what about like knees and st- like, yeah, fuck like, it all like up. yeah, so
1: now you're asking the good questions because this is uh it changes all the time. There's new rules and old rules where knees to a down opponent changes. I honestly don't even know the answer to that question. Sometimes a down opponent means three points of contact where it's like your if your arms, one arm's down and your, and your knees are on the ground, you can't knee them in the head. Okay. And then uh, the rules before were, it's like all fours and it's, it's a shit show. So like guys will try and game the system. Yeah. Like when, uh, Chris Weidman fought Gegard Mousasi uh, in Mousasi's last fight in the UFC. He lifts Chris Weidman up so his his hand isn't touching the ground anymore, then knees him. Okay. So like, <laughs> you're, you're playing the game and that's a dangerous game to play. Like, he start, you know, Chris Weidman starts, you know, he's he's upset initially at that stoppage. But he did it right. But you played the game, man. Like, that's what you get, yeah.
0: So instead of getting bogged down in the rules, um, and I wanted to ask, my next question was a follow-up from that. Like, what would be the core disciplines? um but i do want to g- make sure we get to also your time at the ufc but if right. someone is getting into mma yes what are the core disciplines where if you're not a master of you're not even relevant and then what would be like the close peripheral ones that you could gain an edge on if you just specialize a little bit in did you have Do you have like a decent knowledge of that
1: right yeah so i feel like just from everything you know i've been a long time fan and you know training now for first you know quite some time um not speaking at all to my actual ability, but just being around the, being around the fighters. Um, wrestling is super, super key. Crazy. Wrestling, man. Those guys are so tough. Um, they'll just grind you out. And like having that ground game, which is why I asked you before the podcast about jujitsu, having that ground game is a difference maker. You take, you're talking about street fights who takes some, someone, takes you down. Obviously, if you don't want to be surrounded by multiple people. Yeah. But like if they don't have a ground game and you do, they're drowning, like they're absolutely. They'll drowning. never get out from your. They'll grip. never get up. Yeah, if they don't know what they're doing and you do, they're they're fucked. Um,
0: so wrestling's a big one.
1: Obviously, kickboxing probably. So yeah, boxing, kickboxing. So like uh, muay thai, a lot of the the traditional striking mm-hmm. um, disciplines. Jiu jitsu is massive. I, I, I love jiu jitsu. Like that's that's my base for sure. Yeah, I am awful at striking, but I mean less awful at jiu jitsu.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. So those you,
1: would be the big three. I'd say wrestling, uh, striking. Whether that's boxing, Muay Thai. Like at least in, in Muay Thai, you, you start to use uh, your legs, yeah, uh, yeah. which I think is a ma- massive asset for sure. But dude, boxing, like there's a difference. You have these UFC MMA guys who want to uh, box. You know, Canelo, Mayweather. That's insane. Like yeah. these guys, oh, it's a different sport. It's a different sport. Their ability to use their tools, um, which is just those two hands. They're surgeons. Is, is That's what I they're absolute to, yeah. surgeons. Yeah. So I just don't think the MMA guys um, quite, quite yet can can are are at, are at the level of a Canelo or something like that. Well, nor, not, nor not do to they say need that they're to not be amazing, really, though. Right? Because right. yeah, yeah, like,
0: if you're an, if you're a Canelo level boxer, your
1: opponent will make sure to never box you. Right. And if those guys go to MMA, again, they're so talented, but they don't have the tools. Like this has been done before.
0: Yeah, they'll die. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, they'll get taken down and pounded up.
0: That's why I find it crazy when, when WWE wrestlers go to MMA. But I guess if you're saying wrestling is a core discipline, then... I mean, like, like wrestling, wrestling. I right?
1: know, but usually, I feel like the WWE guys maybe had some... someone, yeah. Like, yeah. Brock Lesnar yeah. is NCAA yeah. two-time, I'm pretty sure, collegiate champion. Yeah. Uh, then you have like Kurt Angle, Olympic yeah, he yeah. A gold medalist, yeah, yeah, Olympic gold medalist. So some of these guys, and then and then you
2: got Ronda Rousey, who went the other way.
1: We got Ronda, who went the other way. She's killing it, dude. I'm a big like, people forget how good she was. Yeah, people hate on her. People forget she's a pioneer, absolute. It, legend. The problem was, is she just got
0: so so big and so cocky, and then got so beat immediately after that that it, yeah. it kind of tarnished a little bit.
1: Just that feeling, yeah, hundred percent. And that's that feel, like that's the Conor McGregor effect, where you know, if he had lost this fight, to segue into the uh, into the fight, Mm -hmm. um, if he had lost the fight against Cowboy. You know, the, it does the magic go away a little bit because he's the guy who calls the shots, Mystic Mac. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, some of these people, they seem like they're unbeatable, right? And so, when you when you break that spell, when Nate Diaz broke that spell for a, for a moment, you know, you have the casual fan being like, ah, they kind of jump off the bandwagon a little bit. Not as mm-hmm. bad as Rousey, though. Not as bad because I mean, Connor is is remains to, and, to be killing. it. And, also, he's still
2: and uh, to that point. Um, I was reading an article this morning actually about how, uh, sort, sort of like the Joe Rogan and Stephen A. Smith drama right now. Oh my God. That, yeah. You know all about this? Yeah. But, and, uh, and Dana White weighed in. and I didn't uh, see that. What'd he say? Uh, well, his point was that he was saying that, like, he, like, as fans of the sport, like, um, anyone who's a fan of, like, boxing or, uh, MMA, you know, like, Joe Rogan's a big fan. Like, Dana's a big fan and stuff. And, um, when like afterwards he, he said it's like a respect thing like afterwards you know if someone loses a fight you don't go after the guy that lost the fight and like start talking shit about like oh it, like that they're bad or not yeah like as as a fan of the sport you just you recognize that like both guys
1: went it went in there like someone's got to lose and that was kind of his
2: take on it yeah
1: like this is a different thing where, uh, from losing a basketball game or losing a hockey game like there's real consequences to this mm-hmm these people, they put themselves on the line in front of millions. Literally, there's how many thousands of people in the stadium, either cheering or booing you, booing you f- to get knocked out. Which is the
0: most, probably the most embarrassing physical act that could happen to 100%. a hundred percent is to go absolute infant and get knock flat out, flat line, mummy armed yep, yeah, like drooling. Yep. The, there's nothing more humiliating? You're a highlight, yeah, and your highlight is the that You're most humiliating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so like people, I don't think understand that from outside the sport where you have analysts who hear guys like Stephen A. Smith, uh, who, you know, you can, you you can be, you can, you can have hot takes. You can be controversial in these other sports. Yeah. It's tough, man. These guys, these men and women like put their bodies on the line where like that's their expression. Right. And so when you start to talk shit about them, you know, that hurts, you know, sticks and stones, you know, they might break their bones, but you know, they, uh, like words do actually hurt these people because you know, their, their, their livelihood is the pain game. Right. So like that doesn't really bug them, but uh, you know, by talking to a lot of these guys, they're, you know, they're just like us. They're sensitive, they're emotional. You can't just be chirping them after they get knocked unconscious, especially you're even more so emotional after getting knocked unconscious.
2: Yeah, and and that was that's sort of where Joe Rogan's holding his ground on that, right? Because he's like, right. S- he just came in here. And-, and like to
1: say that Cowboy Cerrone, one of the most fights, does he have the most fights? I think he um most fights or most... Wins either way. I think most fights, most finishes, most head kick knockouts. Like, he's a legend, legend, legend. He's down anywhere, anytime. He's that guy. And he's proven that how many times? And he's just a good guy. Great dude. Like, you see him on all Great the UFC dude. media. Yeah. yeah. Never, Everyone never disliked his shit. 100%. So um, you have someone who, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Oh, oh, I was just going to say, uh, following that point, let's loop back to your weekend. Right. Yeah, because yes. you were at yeah, that yeah. fight. I was at that fight
1: and blessed to be. So how that how that even happen? Crazy man. Um. So I uh I mentioned I had in- information interviews earlier yeah. with people that my mom set me up with. Uh, and uh, looping back to what we were talking back about. back, full Can't, circle. Yeah. Uh the connection. And, you know, this guy had told me follow your passion. Uh, I called him back years later to say, hey, you know, I, I thank you. Wanted to thank you. I did find my passion in pursuing it. And he goes, you know, that's that's so funny because my son just so happens to be. Uh, this, you know, vice president at the UFC, which the, uh, his son was, you know, the the best guy, obviously. He invited me down, uh, He gave me a tour of the headquarters, you know, had a great chat with him just about. Dope, you saw the UFC the headquarters? I saw the UFC headquarters, man, Fuck. which is wild. Uh, got to see a little bit of the Performance Institute. It was closed because Connor was training there. It's a pretty good reason to be closed, so I'm not too mad about that. And uh, he, you know, Dave, he's an unbelievable guy. He, he you know, I, sh- I show up, he gives me free tickets to the weigh-in i'm in the third row in front Fuck, of, that's in, awesome front of so head, like dope. dead center i'm sitting directly behind the ufc heavyweight champion stipe i'm sitting two uh two seats down from jorge masvidal and I, you know him i do absolutely yeah exactly so he's terrifying man oh my god so sitting around like you just feel you just feel like you're like it was like, like you're meant to be there you know what i mean i was just so excited It was like a you know, kid in the candy. Dude, shop I'm there, super but, jealous. Yeah. And then the next day, fast forward, I wasn't expecting anything. You know, I, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I was happy just to be able to meet Dave. Um but he uh he ended up hooking me up. Dave's boys. the Dave, UFC Dave, guy. Dave's the vice the president. Connection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh he he was nice enough to hook me up with some incredible, incredible seats. Uh where I ended up sitting next to a couple other uh UFC execs and just really hitting it off. Just really hitting it off. Um so it was sick. perfect, man. One of the best weekends of my life.
0: No doubt about it. Yeah,
1: and there's the fight itself, man. As short-lived as it was, that's that's the that's the fight game, man. That's what I'm talking about. Is you never know what's going to happen.
0: Well, the female fight before, I think, was worth the price of admission. Uh, I didn't catch anything before that because we had a... What did we have going on? We had like a party or yeah, something.
2: Yeah, we had... Um I think it was, Kev, was it Kev's... Kev's birthday party. Kev's birthday party was that night. So we, yeah, we, we sort of delayed, but we saw we saw the one fight.
1: And yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We saw that We saw the two title fights. Holy hole. Uh, right. uh, yeah. yeah, that was a title fight too, it's right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but no, it's... No, we saw the two main cards. Yeah, yeah, Um, Main and co And then, uh, so what did you think? So as a casual fan, again, don't know stats. Yep. Don't know a lot about these guys. I catch the big fights of the big guys I like. Yep. Um, I know Donald Cerrone from... All the UFC media, and I liked him, but from what I would always see is like he fought a lot, and he did lose like a decent amount. I feel
1: like of what I saw, um, maybe as of late, he's as of late his uh, his portfolio is right. just filled with killers. Sure, and I and I wouldn't know
0: that, right? Yeah, so just yeah. as of late, I just see catch a few of his like a couple losses, and I'm like, and then you're gonna go up against Conor. I I was like, is this a mismatch? Like, how did this fight even get? cast and why did it happen and what did you think was going to happen and then what did you think of the
1: fight okay um i can't say it's a mismatch because of the body of work that cowboys put in Mm -hmm. he is amazing he's bigger than connor uh not to say that connor's a small guy by any means but you're talking like physical size physical size yeah Yeah, he just i mean They've both fought at one fifty five, one seventy. Cowboy more so at one seventy. Just had a longer, a little bit longer career at that weight class. And as I said, I mentioned his different accolades there, from the most finishes to uh, the most uh, head kick uh, knockouts. Like the guy's a monster, right? And He'd so, be a Hall of Famer if there was one. I think there is Hall of Fame, and I oh. and I believe he will be. He I didn't is, even know there was a Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. He is game, game, cool. and. Uh, so what did I think was going to happen? This is no Mystic Mac stuff, right? And, and obviously as casual fans, you, know, you might not know this sort of thing, but this is what I ex- expected to happen in that Cowboy's biggest detriment is his first round. He is a little bit of a slow starter, you know, likes to kind of feel the pace out, picks it up as the fight goes on, and that's where he really starts to shine. Uh, Connor's versus, best attribute. Connor, yeah. his first round is by far. I feel like when Connor when
0: Connor fucks, he finishes quick too. Like I feel like he just does everything like that. Just a piston. Yeah, yeah. just a piston. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? And uh, so, so for that reason, I thought it was going to be a short night for Cowboy. Anything can happen, hundred percent. This was Connor's. He had been out for for a couple of years. You so know, going ha- going into the fight, you were thinking it was going to be a short night. I thought it was, Connor was going to knock him out in the first. Yeah, and yeah. And you know, again, anything can happen. But if you're, you can, by looking at the body of work, by looking at their attributes. If he survived that round, it's a tough fight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tougher fight for sure. Um, it's just the issue of. Uh, this so is some of the more stylistic, uh, like so this the this, this stylistic matchup in in of itself. Like Connor's left hand is like a heat-seeking missile, right? whereas you know Cowboy isn't exactly, and you know, it's not a chirp at all. He's not exactly known for having incredible head movement, right? It, it, and uh, he does tend to stay a little bit more upright. He and- he just just like looks like a traditional American fighter. Just, like, get in there. Oh, yeah. He's a, Just, like, like... He's like earned the that Diaz. Cowboy name. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. they just get in there and just fucking hit so each So, that other. was a good fight. Nate Diaz against Cowboy. They fought, yeah. too. That was a banger.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I, I love that. And it, he made a... He might have had to, like, spend that first round running a little bit if you really wanted to survive. Let Connor throw a lot. But, like you said, if you can't move... Yeah he kind going to find it.
1: And just it was, a, it was honestly a, a beautiful performance. I don't think he was expecting those shoulder strikes. And so for Stephen A. Smith to say, no one, no one can be dropped from, like no, those shoulder strikes are inconsequential. Dude, That's so ridiculous. I could so drop ridiculous. Stephen A. Smith with my yeah. shoulder. <laughs> it's just like you can't, you don't know until you're in there in the moment. Yeah. And not, like, not, not only that, he hits him, hits him squarely. Uh, and people have been dropped by that, by that before. I can think of examples. But either way, it was a great performance and he put him away quick
0: my favorite are the memes that are popping up. There's just like one like Viner that just does the shoulder dance. Yeah. It's And it's just like, have you seen that one all over no, social media? I'll no, put no. it in there. Here's an example of Boom. me editing yes. in a video to the, to the, over the podcast right now. Pull that shit up, Young Cabo. So <laughs> you have, you're at this fight, you're yes. meeting all these people. Yep. You have this cool job in Toronto, working with this production company, being around the fighters. What do you think... You know, do you have any sort of ideas of the future, or like, do you have kind of a plan or an area you think you want to get into? Is there roles at the UFC, stuff
1: like this? Right. So you nailed it. I want to work for the UFC. Killer. I want to work for the UFC. Um, I've known that. I mean, I always that that was the idea. That was a dream I had, kind of coming up. I know I, I never put it into reality because I didn't think it was possible. Yeah. Right? I didn't think that there was an, an avenue for me to do that. Gun to the head, I would. I would love to be a UFC matchmaker. Now, that's, you know, if someone who knows MMA is watching this, they, uh, it's probably pretty laughable. There's two yeah. people in the world who okay. are U- UFC matchmakers. Hey, dream big, man. Yeah. Sean Shelby, McManard. Shout out. And, uh, so
2: two guys obviously work closely with Dana. Very closely with Dana. And so, my but, th- but they're the ones actually, like, I thought it was like Dana. Well, he probably is fine.
1: It definitely has a say, but like they are, that their job is the matchmakers. Like, and that's a tough job, tough gig. Fights fall through all the time. Fighters turning down fights, matchups that are already booked versus, you know, stuff that comes through the pipe that's, uh, uh, you know, that people want to see that aren't exactly, um, that makes sense ranking wise, right? You have like the BM, stuff like the BMF belt, stuff like just getting creative with the matchmaking and making sure that the fights go smoothly because oftentimes they don't. Whether it's injury, whether it's missing weight, whether it's
0: What would be the stepping stones to that? Like what would That's be That's an amazing question. Yeah.
1: Uh I don't know. It's never been done. In terms of like I, I asked the uh Dave this. I said, Is there a uh a matchmaker internship program that I that I could join? <laughs> Is
0: there a mailroom equivalent at the UFC of like right? like just so, working the like, ladder?
2: Like have those two guys they've probably been doing it under Dana's uh like supervision since UFC sort of like has blown up, right?
1: No, they're uh or have they come through the ranks they're themselves? More, they're more new era. There was another yeah. uh, There was another matchmaker, Joe Silva, um, who has a bit of an interesting story I've heard from how he got that job, just kind of meeting uh, Dana White and talking MMA and ended up getting that gig. And then when uh, WME bought the UFC from Zufa, um, the Fertitta brothers, then yeah. I think Joe Silva took his package and left. And at that point, Sean Shelby was already... Like coming up, I believe. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they split it fifty-fifty or if he was kind of the protege. But they put him on and added Mick Maynard as well.
0: So you're just you're just gonna keep doing what you're doing, try to make some splashes here, and just what keep hitting the UFC up for any opportunity. Correct.
1: So I definitely, I know I'm. I, f- I feel great about how this trip went, about making the contacts that I did, um, and I'm. I'm very hopeful, that I made a good impression about like my my passion for for the actual sport, uh, for the company yeah. in general, and made uh, made some good headway, man. There's a UFC Canada that I would love to be a part of um, right now. I don't think that they're expanding at this exact moment, but I made it very clear to Dave that uh, you know that's that's something that I w- would like to see on the horizon Dude, for sure. And I'm very yeah. interested in, in kind of helping out in any way I can. You know, just getting my
0: I love how you're on. in the perfect place right now. Oh, sorry. Here's here's a video. We've already played it uh, in the podcast.
1: Dude, that's triggering my shoulder injury.
2: Oh
1: my Dana, sign him. Sign it, him. Yeah. It's,
0: like, I know that guy's name, but that's, that's fucking hilarious. jokes. Shout out to that guy. You're in the perfect wave, man. You're like... UFC Canada, again, is obviously probably the next easiest thing for them to set up a small office for to need some people like yeah it's already it there oh okay it's already there it's already set up um so like you're just you're just you're at these right places there's a hole in the market in Toronto there's probably mm-hmm. a need for guys like you at, at UFC Canada and you're just going to you know keep doing what you're doing hammer the networking and uh, dude all the power to you you clearly know your shit Thank like you. you you've you've dropped a lot of knowledge have you seen, you think every, do you, do, you, do you think you'd know enough like
1: to be commentator, to be interviewer, to be things like these? That's so funny you mentioned that. Uh, my, uh, okay. First of all, I, by no means am I an expert for sure. I, it's all relative. There's mm-hmm. levels to everything, yeah. levels to everything. Do I know way more than someone who just started training? Yes. And do I know, am I way better than someone who has never trained before? Yes. But like, there is just so many more levels above me. So many more. Like, it'd be laughable for me to sit here and say that I'm an yeah, expert, but, but I, d- I do know enough to be, for sure, the um, the play-by-play. So that's funny sorry, y- funny yeah, you mention yeah. that, is that my uh, the gym owner, uh, Danny Buclair, he has been offered a, a couple times to be a commentator at some of these uh, Canadian region, y- regional events. MMA events, yeah. Yeah, right, and he would be like the Joe Rogan, and he actually asked me, if I would Fuck be yeah. the John no Anik or the Goldie to his Joe Rogan, and oh, that's I was wicked! On board, yeah, of course. So, I, uh, and at like, yeah, an upcoming yeah, event, at an upcoming event. So we had to cancel the last one just because you know he's a new father. Yeah. Um doesn't make sense for him to to drive out on his own dime to Montreal for free, you know, whereas I would pay yeah, to do this. Yeah, you know exactly. what I, mean? I would pay to do this. And so, yeah. you know, we, we, we spoke about it and I think in one of the upcoming cards we'll be doing it, which is another bucket list item, man. Like, I can't believe that. Wow. Also cause it, even if you're the biggest expert in the world, a lot of those
0: experts may not have the personality or like the, the, the verbal skills that you kind of have, as you said, with your, thank you your history. Um, to be the commentator, to be the personality. You you need that person to have enough, but then there's also people that help those people. There's also like when there's interviewers, there's research periods, yep. there's l- like all that stuff. Then you need to be charismatic. You need to be, and I think that'd be cool stuff to get you noticed too for the UFC to pick you up. So yeah, man, I like that plan for you. Just
1: trying to like get in anywhere I can in the MMA world, you know, just kind of spread. Ring spread. girl even. Do ring boy? Hundred <laughs> percent. I'll be that ring boy. Yeah. I'll get up 2020. there. Twenty. I'm there and shake, shake my chin. You know. That's- um. And
0: okay, so we talked a lot about this, about your plan, and and if anyone out there has got like connections or stuff, obviously, uh, reach out. But I wanted to finish off just shooting the shit about fighting in general. Fuck yeah. Because as I said, I've it's it's something that's kind of a little. F- okay, I don't explain this. I don't like saying that I like fighting because it's it's juvenile. It's like
1: it depends on who you're talking to and what you what you, what you mean by it. What I mean what by you, it, like your representation of, of of martial arts.
0: Right. Okay. So, uh, as I said, my my injuries, my head injuries, were from uh, bar fights recently. Uh, before that, sports, like a good mixed bag of you know uh, snowboarding, hockey, dirt biking, whatever. Good mixed bag. And then um, I'd never been in a fight other than hockey fights and locker boxing. And um, I get to school, I get a girlfriend, and I find myself in like four or five fights. Just, you know, defending her honor or like somebody, you have to do stuff as a boyfriend sometimes, especially in a drunk environment. And they kind of went my way. And I kind of was like, you know, that's the dopest thing I've ever done. Bit of an affinity for it? <laughs> Even if it was like 10 seconds, one one hit or... Um, I will never forget this. The first guy who was calling her a, a bitch, and uh, I, he punched me after some verbal whatever. I, I think I told him something. He said, "I'm not afraid of you," and I was like, "You better be." or something
1: classic. And then he hit nice. me,
0: and then I we we fought. And uh, I remember as I was, I held his shirt and I was punching him. And I remember
1: just this was a hockey fight. Oh my god! Yeah, that's all the only nice. thing I knew at the time.
0: Yeah. And I just remember like once I got him to the ground. This Lost. rush, oh, this, this rush, this like, like holy, f- there's probably no better feeling. Um, and then it was after the, a few of those that I did um, Krav Maga. I signed up for it. I was like, I want to <sighs> learn something, something self defense, something that, we, that could help me in these areas. And the hilarious thing is, is it was after my ten week Krav Maga course, the next two altercations I was in um, were not even fights, and I got fucking suckied, like just like i think it maybe was, to hear that, man. Maybe, also, that sucks. Maybe it was a confidence of, of you know, like once you have a little bit of that confidence, maybe I was uh, in certain scenarios. And in fact, the first time it happened, my friend, it was my birthday and we were both drunk. And this is so embarrassing. And this is what I think is juvenile when I tell people this and I'm embarrassed for it. It's like my friend was drunk, I was drunk, and he was like, hit me in the face. I need to like wake up or something. And I was like, no. And after like a lot of back and forth, he's like, oh, Trav does Krav Maga. Like, he can't fucking. And I was like, well, okay. I was like, you want it? I'll do like an open hand. And I, I open handed him. Uh, and he's like, again, again. Like, obviously not too hard. And some guy across the street thought it was a thought fight. beat him up. Jumped me. Uh, and I ended up fighting him going to the ground. And one of his group booted me in the head while I was on the ground and i didn't i didn't look for him i didn't i wasn't even in a fight and uh, the second time i wasn't in, in a fight i had like a drink in my hand and a guy like punched me from the side and i just like ducked and got out of there yeah. so
2: fun, fun, funny side story while trav was taking these krav maga uh, classes in in university oh i love this story man <laughs> i i was also in this speech class okay and uh, and, and we were living together at the time and uh, one of the speeches that i had to do was you had to get up in front of the class and um p- pretty much present like an instructional speech on how to do something okay. so i was uh, so i was struggling for ideas and then trav pitched me like how to self-defense just like basic
0: yeah, krav self-defense. Maga, self-defense. yeah
2: basic self-defense you gave a tutorial on krav maga yeah I exactly it, i knew nothing about it too so had you
1: been to a class uh, i just i showed this, him the basics yeah i hadn't been oh to any God.
2: this was like three or four speeches in um And trap takes me through all these moves Like we get this speech locked down And uh, I-, I go in there the next day And I'm like talking to- <laughs> I get up there I'm like talking about open hand hits You and know, like- you're
0: putting up the fence You know, creating space Like looking for exits And then, you know If you have to The first stomp Cutting, like, cutting angles Like uh, the yeah. first stomp uh, Palm to the face And he wore his Karate Kid
2: Japan headband <laughs> To the class and didn't you get an A on that people loved it. Yeah, I I think it was my best. It sounds like
1: a performance Oh
2: my god best marked speech all uh, all year and then and then this is kind of irrelevant, but uh, Last last speech (laughs) I did in that class. I I remember it was a debate I'm so bad at debates like uh, I get up there and just nose struck him in the face. Didn't he? Just open handed. Yeah. That, that was that was your end <laughs> yeah, of the debate. Yeah. The guy said something to me, and I just fucking saw <laughs> him. No, no, complete opposite. Like, I, I can't even remember what the topic was, but like, had no idea what, like, where to go on it. The guy like makes his stance, and then it comes to me, and I'm just, I just go silent. I, I go silent. He like, froze. Like I, I completely froze for like a minute. Like everyone in the class, you know, like movie like, level, like thirty people quality. in the class just and i i didn't know what to say i'm like keep looking over at the uh at the prof and i'm like help me oh my <laughs> he's god he's like he just didn't really say anything and i'm like and then after after like a long period of silence i'm like all right, I got I got nothing. And then <laughs> I, I sat down, and that was it for that speech. And that was like supposed to be like the build up, like last speech of the, Dude, of the year. Did anyone slow and just, clap
1: for you? That sounds amazing. No,
2: I, it was it was awkward for me, and it was extremely awkward I would have for, left the rest, the room, for the rest of the class. I would have left the room and went home
1: and never came back. <laughs> never came back. Never came back. But a bit of a tangent.
0: Yeah. What I meant to say is, it's juvenile because when I tell people that yeah. the fact that my story ends with these like debilitating yeah. injuries. I don't like to tell people that I enjoyed a little bit before that. Right. That I really enjoyed Krav Maga because then they're like, "Oh, like what, what? What's going on? Like you like street fights? What a loser!" <laughs> like,
1: right, uh, right. There's like a difference between people thinking you mean street fights and just like fighting as an art.
0: Well, it's it's just I. That's the only fights I found myself in, and I get, I was one hundred percent not looking for them. Yeah. But there was something really special about finding yourself in a dangerous situation right.
1: and getting out of it, pushing through adversity, like you're relying on yourself. Yeah. In your own abilities. And so against n- someone who's trying to do the exact same thing to you. That
0: guy was trying to hurt me. Any yep. of
1: those guys were trying to hurt me and
0: I came out and I was like, I felt like a million bucks. Right. Um and that's now when I look at fighting with my head injuries, I've I have to be careful with my neck and my head. So I love watching it, but I would I, I like I just I always say this, if there was some protection or injection or surgery or advance in modern medicine where your head was protected and your neck was protected and you could fight, I would I would be, I would, that would be my rec
1: sport. It seems like you would really enjoy this, man. Like I doing love MMA. it. Like, I want to come to your gym. We've been yeah. looking for a kickboxing yeah, gym.
2: Or if you get any plus ones for when you're commentating that weekend.
1: Yeah, <laughs> okay, we'll we'll go to the event. Dude, I, I would, I would you. Really love to have, honestly, just the, the first lesson guys is like 10 bucks. Like you just come. come I'm forward. coming. Yeah. Um, my I'm down,
0: my cousin, he's a firefighter. Okay, He's uh he was in his forties and out of the blue, just decides he wants to fight in a few local MMA fights. Smokers. And, and it's it's the most respect I've ever just felt for yeah. somebody. He's just like he's got kids, got a wife. He was just like fuck it. I just think I can do this. Yeah. Big dude went in there, won two fights. He was like, dope. Just Amazing. got out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, for sure. That's and wicked. like for me, that's uh, that's a lot better have than. Have you fought
1: street fights? Not street fights, definitely. No, not. have you fought uh, in a cage? No, 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 no. Like that, so. One, my my goal is to have one or two amateur MMA fights. Just get and, under the belt. Hundred percent. Not now. Like when I'm, thirty one, thirty two. I want to make that walk. I want to know exactly what they're going through, um, and just and just do it myself. Do it for my do it for my own, uh, just do it for myself. You know, and like in in, in the meantime, I'm gonna be doing um a number of different grappling tournaments. Like the, once my shoulder and hamstring heal up, uh, oh, you're still battling the, It's ongoing, right? It's, it's, ongoing, on, it's ongoing. Yeah, but. Yeah. It's more so the hamstring right now, but yeah. So this year, doing a bunch of grappling tournaments, both gi and no gi. That's like the yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then no gi as well. Um, So I'll be doing that every year uh, up until, you know, I get the uh, I get the skills to be able to actually have one or two amateur fights. But
0: I'm so excited to go to those. Hell yeah, man! To have like a friend, you know, fight. I I can't believe I didn't
1: go to my cousin's fights. I think I was just too young i don't even know maybe cha- they didn't know family there it changes it man so since since becoming friends with some of the pro fighters uh, at our gym is it
0: enjoyable when your buddy's fighting seeing
1: their their fight it's enjoyable when they're winning for sure yeah. uh, it's a weird emotion i i didn't think it would be as as like polarizing as it was you, it's the highest highs. And, the, and you know, then you think about it for them, like they're the highest highs and the lowest lows that yeah. walk out highest highs. If they lose, that's the lowest low. And you're watching them do this. And it's a bit of a roller coaster. And it means it, you, you can see that you can feel the consequences. People don't get the consequences of combat. When you're seeing your friend get out there and put their health and their body on the line, it becomes very, very clear.
0: Especially when you know how good they are.
1: It's ridiculous, And you man. watch them And the the what blues. they do, they do. Yeah. when you roll with them, Oh, it's I can't do anything, man. It's ridiculous. I roll with guys who are smaller than me. Rolling is are, uh, sparring for jiu-jitsu. right? For ju- exactly for grappling, and uh, it's you can't do anything at all. It's just there's there's levels to everything. Like a, a big dude who doesn't know anything, uh, he's drowning with with the guys who are smaller than me and who yeah. are brown belts, uh, purple belts, blue belts. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. It's a different thing.
0: Fuck! I love it. Ugh. I just want to like... Gotta get you in there, man. So what I was thinking, a really fun thing to do is, we haven't done this in a while, but uh, we did a little content with our one friend, Eli. Where we went to is he makes shirts. He's got a clothing company. Okay. Where, like clothes. And we made shirts with him. Like we hand cut shirts and we filmed it. Kev came along. Uh, do you want to try
1: on shirts together? Is that what you're asking? I, I was just...
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's try, let's go... Uh, yeah, no. What I was thinking is, uh be fun if we went down and did yeah. a little content thing with you. That'd be sweet. Just hit the bag, like looked at the gym... Gave it some promo, uh, did some fun stuff. Like we could see awesome. how wrecked Robbie and I get. Even, oh, even if it was fun, you yeah, yeah. Th- that that says you're you're basic at jujitsu just wrecking us. Or Actually like,
2: I love wrestling. Like I love like I wish I wish my like my brother was more into like fighting yeah, me all the time when I just unfortunately, like, your brother's fire him up a up bitch. Like, <laughs> this is what we do all the time, guys. 100%. Yeah, I and think by, it, by
1: the way, it's it's no one's in th- there trying to hurt you no, no. no th- they there trying to prove anything so like you guys come in don't need to worry about getting con- like it's uh, oh yeah, yeah download or sorry upgrade the software without download without uh, damaging the hardware I
0: you no I, mean? I, I think it would be hilarious piece of content for us to yeah. film. I think people would love to see like just what basic jujitsu and MMA looks like. It'd be great exposure for our friend group that are even remotely interested yeah. in to see where to go to do it. Um, let's put that in the books and maybe we can even do a, a follow-up episode. 100%, man. Um, and
1: I, I want to show you the merits of jujitsu. You know what I mean? I know you're not big on the ground game. I want to show you just how controlling and powerful. I'd it be to keen be. to learn. It's
0: not, yeah, it was never that I believe you. I believe Joe. I believe it was that Joe also talks about um, once you get into it, you get addicted, yeah. how uh, how hard it is on certain areas of the body.
1: Keep in mind, he is a black belt, a legit black belt, yeah. a guy who's dedicated literally his entire life to martial arts. Right. He used to be a Taekwondo black belt, Fair now enough. is a Jujitsu. So, like for someone, it's the same thing. Where, and I'm not, you know, this not regular on anyone. I remember in in high school, uh, some of the some of the girls, um, would be worried about, uh, going to weightlifting class because they think they get jacked. It's like yeah. that that's shit my favorite. Doesn't happen. That's my favorite in a week. comment. The same way you're not going to get. Progressive back injuries, uh, or like degenerative back injuries, or not even degenerative. Injuries, That's or... not what I'm worried
0: about. I'm I'm literally worried about like if I pick up something weird at the gym. My back is a weird thing. My body is so rigid and unflexible right. that one hard pull. Like if I get a guy, if I like sometimes I've just wrestled with friends and I've or at hockey, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get I get in a corner with somebody and find my head in a tweaked position. I pull hard on it. I feel that for the week just because I have. Such tightness. That being said, I'm sure if I just yoged it up a little bit, did some basic jujitsu. I'm sure, yeah, we could also easing into like
1: what you brought up there is very, very true. In that, rolling with people who or sparring with people who are new and who haven't, um, who are not really acclimatized yet to the gym environment it's a big difference. It's a lot more dangerous normally rolling with someone who's a white belt, a very, very new white belt versus a black belt because they know what they're doing. They know what the positions you're going to be in. They know... They're walking what, they, they know it, what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're taking you down this path that they choose to take you down. Um, and they know when you or themselves are in danger or when they're not versus if you're a white belt and you're white belt against white belt, it can be chaos. Pulling as hard as Pulling you can. Pulling as hard as you can, trying as hard as you can. It's like when you're rolling with at the gym, like you're going... You know, you're rarely going to like 100%, 100%. Well, if you know what you're doing, you, know? you don't
0: need to pull like that.
1: It's a lot more smooth. Yeah. It's nice and flowy, you know, to quote Artem, Artem Lobov there, but... Uh, it's moving motion in a certain direction. Um,
0: but yeah, that's an idea. My second thing I wanted to talk to you about before we wrap this up is like you said, the putting on weight. The, <laughs> because I, this is life. kind of separate from fighting, but not not really is... Okay, I'm six foot three. Yeah, I'm st- a, a literal stick figure. Um, except for the all the work I put in to add a little layer. I'm of, saying
1: normally works, dude. You're fucking jacked.
0: N- no, okay. I'm saying like uh, I'm 175 pounds, right. which is very very thin for my height.
1: You and I are built similarly, right?
0: So uh, what I'm saying is I'm a am a literal skeleton, except for the small outside of that. What, yeah, the work
1: we've done right. in the ten years. Of
0: the, the small yeah. padding I put on, and I wanted to know what your kind of because. Dude, I had a girlfriend, same thing. She's like, I don't want to lift. I don't want to do whatever. My ex-girlfriend, she's like, I'm bored. I'm going to get jacked. And that would always irk me. Or when Robbie's like, oh, I do this type of workout because I don't want to get too big. And I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> you know how much fucking work it is to put on a pound Oh my God. you're worried you're gonna get too big it's not like you're there's not like you're gonna go too far these yeah. are for all the people out there you just do curls on
2: one side no i never say it, i'm worried about getting too big i'm just like i don't like care enough to get big okay sure whatever anyway <laughs> I, i'm just saying i've heard that comment from
0: a lot of people yeah and uh i wanted to make a joke about that and then second of all i wanted to ask you Cause we we're built similar, correct? Like probably in the three thousand calorie range per day.
2: I eat a this guy eats six
0: I'd meals a day.
1: Approximately a metric tons, if, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> approximately. Like I, I, I get I the
0: amount I have to eat, I get sick routinely. Right, it's tough. It's uh, tough. To, it's tough to, to keep up for sure. And I, uh, girls out there, are like I'm so jealous. I'm like, but if your goal was to be a bit bigger, right? It's it fucking sucks. So right. what is your kind of routine to maintain? Because you're a good size. Thank you. 6'1, 180 is about where I want to get to. I want to get to 6'3, maybe 190,
1: 185. Right. A
0: few inches, a few extra pounds.
1: Yeah. Um, Just what you, I mean, sounds like you do have a pretty good idea of about you got to eat, you got to eat, and you got to work hard. One thing I didn't realize until after the shoulder injury when I was recovering is how I wasn't actually working that hard. I wouldn't leave the gym sweat, like sweating and and like just out of breath. I didn't really get my heart rate up as much, as, which is why I was doing what, more. Aren't you
0: worried about, when I get my heart rate up, I'm worried about calorie loss. I'm worried about fat burn. Like,
1: Right. So this is a little bit different. I'm not just trying to, to make it clear, I'm not just trying to get big. Okay. I want to be as good as I can be at mixed martial arts. So right, this idea, right, right, like right. I'm documenting my own journey to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Um, Mm. and, uh, and, and so in doing that, I just want to be as I'm taking myself more seriously as an athlete now. So trying to gain weight, but weight that I can use in an athletic way. I'm not just trying to bulk. you know what I mean? But as you said, so coming back from that shoulder injury, I lost 20, 25 pounds of muscle and it's taken this long to get back to where I am now. So what I did in that time, but I was trying to gain weight is, uh, eat and eat clean. I don't count calories. I have a, okay. a number of different uh uh friends and like a couple of different different relatives who do. But if, so if if you hit your
0: macros that you need to hit, you probably get your calories right? Like if you hit your protein that you need
1: to hit your carbs or whatever you are looking at? I could be way more scientific with it than I am, but having done this same routine and like been able to kind of curate it and mold it over a period of those 10 years, and I'm sure you've been working out as well, you get a good sense of your body about how much you can intake and I'm seeing gains steadily. And so I just continue to... To tweak it a little bit where I can and ask a lot of questions to people who are much more versed in nutritional science so than So what I am. does
0: it kind of look like then for you? Like what's your kind of, if you're not counting as much, right. what does what your meals kind of look like in the day? Yep. Uh,
1: start off, I'll go uh, nuts with Greek yogurt and uh, berries. Cool. And move to four eggs, protein shake, chicken or tuna salad later on. Uh, so this then, is before lunch? No, this is all like kind of throughout the day. Yeah, okay, right. right? So like before lunch is like the eggs and the uh, yeah and the the, the the yogurt and then chicken salad, uh, protein shake, uh, oatmeal when I get home right before the gym, um, and then just a mountain of food at the end with with, the, with like quinoa vegetables, all very very clean. Uh, I will have one cheat day per week where I just. Bust,
0: okay. You know? Yeah, like McDonald's, Subway. Whatever I'm feeling. I like I
1: like fantasize about it the whole week to think about what I'm going to eat beforehand and then just get after it that one day.
0: It's... uh, And then you're... So you're working at the gym now. As you said, you have a bit more of an athletic focus. I'm just trying to put on size. Um, I'm not really an athlete. Like, I guess my cardio could get up for hockey. But like, I don't have a purpose for it. But what I wanted to ask you is in a fighting... In a fighting scenario, I, this is what I've always thought: is attributes wise, I'm a I'm on a stellar place. Like if I'm so if I get like the you're, flu, you're built so well for it, dude. If I get the flu, if I'm sick for like two days, I lose like eight pounds. Yeah, in two days. Yeah. So could I could I do a water cut? Could I do a fucking? Fuck. Could I fight at one sixty five? Oh yeah, I could be one sixty five yeah. in two bad days of eating. Yeah. So
1: I, a, a, weight a, cuts are scary. A though.
0: six foot three. I, it wouldn't be scary weight cut. I'm saying I could probably easily d- A
1: call but hit one seventy. Oh sorry, one fifty five. So one fifty five? One
0: sixty five I could probably 165 hit. One sixty five, no division. Oh shit. Yeah,
1: one fifty five. There's no one sixty five division. To so I'm actually fucked. Yeah, so you'd fight one seven. You're fighting guys like Khabib. You're, oh, sorry, not, d- not Khabib. You're fighting guys like Usman. You're fighting guys like Masvidal. Yeah. Big, oh, yeah. Okay, I, okay. I would die then. We're we're, we're we're tweeners. You and I. We're tweeners. So we're, there, we're in between.
0: So my I, so thinking there was a one six. I just thought it was every. I thought there was just every ten pounds except for if, heavyweight.
1: Dude, you're getting to the the nitty gritty of the mixed martial arts world. It's exactly what people are debating about. Okay. You need to have divisions every ten pounds. The difference between middleweight and light heavyweight one eighty five to two hundred five. It's 20 pounds, man. That's, that's insane. Yeah, no, that's not. It's insane.
0: It's it's okay, so all this time I've been saying, "Oh, I'd be I'd be in such a great position because I'm so skinny, um, I could easily lose weight and I would be fighting at 165, which I thought would be like this shorter, different shaped person, um, and I would then just pop up to 175 as a strong person.
1: You're either 170 or 185 is my bet and those are monsters in that division. Okay,
0: well, I guess then if I if I followed my routine and I got up to 185, 190, then I guess in theory I would be able to drop back to 175 easily.
1: Right, one seventy. Oh, so I'd have to get that to on one seventy. One seventy, yeah, exactly. dude. Then I'm in nowhere good. I'm no, nowhere good. Yeah, you're in between her. I'm the in worst. Betweener. Yeah, I would yeah, actually yeah, yeah. die. You're either cutting, you're draining yourself to cut, or you're fighting monsters right. above you. So
0: I'm in between. So there would be no comfortable. No. No. Not at all. Oh my god, yeah. that sucks. That's a big issue for sure. Well, good thing I'm a you know I'm a lover now. Not yeah, that, that's, that's, it. It.
1: <laughs> that's it. You, you you'll, you're doing the walkout music too the fight.
0: right? Oh, dude, I, honestly, that was so enjoyable uh I love learning more about it. it's, it's like it's, it's like nice when somebody knows about it because I can't store that info. but like just to if you want to access it, you're like, yeah this that
1: 100%, these things man. those things yeah. do I love talking fights and I rarely do I have people other than at the gym to talk fights with man. so I've been really looking forward to this Robbie told me that you were uh very much into it, super excited love so it. I was I was looking forward to it
0: uh, and I'll send this to my brother-in-law too. he's uh, as I said, we spar a couple times and he's just like, Uh, in the game as well and I want to I bought him for Christmas um, that head trainer ball you know the ball on a string that you just so hard oh my god dude now expert level at it you I can juggle it I can juggle it no way oh 100% I can get
1: that that thing once when it's
0: still obsessed I spent I got it from for Christmas we were up north for a few days I think I I played with it straight for 3 days and could just walk around the house while talking, juggling. God. Damn. The the no actual applicable skill. I was,
1: was going to say everyone has a plan until like a punch in the face. Oh man, and there's no skill with it. Like that shit goes out the window.
0: Then then we went out and sparred and and he was like throw this combo and like st- walk like this and
1: I I bambeed like yeah. it's or like someone throws a punch it doesn't even hit you. Sorry, I should have uh, the mic. When you throw a punch and it doesn't even hit the person, and they still blink. Like that's that's so tough, man. When you have those the fighters where you f- you hit them in the nose with a punch, and they keep their eyes open, mm-hmm. it's insane, man. Like I'm so.
0: Are you a flincher?
1: Definitely. So I am very much in the little bitch stage of, mm-hmm. of this. But the, the idea and the beauty of it is that one day I won't be. So much more accomplished, um, jujitsu wise. Like I'm way better at grappling than I am striking. Um, but yeah. So we're talking about. S- striking uh, reactions, not good. Yeah, if you keep not your eyes good.
0: open and you stay calm, yeah. you can pretty much, in any st- fight against a non-professional, you can pretty much
1: avoid every hit. That's the thing. Staying calm, breathing. People get so tensed up. Yeah. So tensed up because they're thinking, I'm in a fight. I'm about to get in a fight, about to get hit. They're yeah, fucking locked. Yeah, like Nice and flowy. You retain your cardio. You are able to um, move better and generally, Your footwork's better. Your, your angles, you're able to stay loose. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? That's, you, that's a big, that's a big difference. You
0: actually remind me of the, I would say this is the first time I was actually in a technical fight. I did, I, I did not, it did not go my way. Um, I was working with my friend and we were working up North. We were painting. We got little cabin fever and, uh, the fucking guy, he, he was darker skinned. Uh, so he never bought sunscreen, and me being like the, the pale Irishman I am, I was loaded up with sunscreen. But he'd always borrow it, and I ran through all my sunscreen. and And I'm like, man, we we're at the store one time. I was like, man, just fucking buy your own. He's like, no, I don't need it. I'm darker skin. I'm like, but you always use mine. And he's like, oh, but I don't need it. I don't want it. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna go buy it, and you're gonna use it. Boom. Next thing you know, we're in each other's face. Uh, we're we're yelling at each other. He hits me in the nose. And Sucks! Sucks! S- he did slap. It was a slap. Yeah. Later, Rob. Um, see you, buddy. Great to see it, you. Man. W- it was a slap. Uh, but I saw red. Like he, he slapped he, you in the face. Like nose? Like, like, oh, a, open hand. like like a oh, like know, a face open hand, like a face, face push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With enough force that I could feel a little yeah. blood start running. Rob, did Rob just fall down the stairs? Not Are you okay? Oh, okay. Um, and I saw red, and he obviously. Immediately after he hit me because we're friends. He didn't mean to hit me that hard. Yeah. So he didn't want to fight. So he got Recoil slippery. A okay. And I just started fucking swinging at this guy, and he just bobbed, weaved, ducked. I missed everything. I'm like, is it he was, trained? No. He just. It was magic.
1: Whoa. And then
0: and, and then that's that's obviously when I learned that principle. If you don't want to get hit and you stay calm, I missed. everything, Everything
1: and then they get tired,
0: dude. I missed, I missed, I missed. I got in close. I tripped a little bit. He hugged me out. We wrestled to the floor. He he like controlled me, and I was like, "Fuck you, dude!" Yeah. Like, if you get angry and you see red, you'll lose. If you stay calm and you keep your eyes open against a guy who's untrained, yeah. And
1: that's what I mean. You're talking about street fight. Like, I don't want to get in a street fight. I don't like. I find the same as we we're talking about before. I find fighting fun. Like, I I'm, I I want to go do it to have fun. It's like. I don't want to play hockey or soccer angry. I don't want to fight angry. Like, no, yeah, I don't yeah. want to fight someone with emotion. The idea is that you do this sport that you have so much uh, enjoyment out of, but the beauty of it is that it's functional in that when you have that moment where you need to defend yourself of the ones you love, you're able to.
0: Do you find, uh, do you find that people that start to get fight training Start to get more aggressive, like because they know they have that, the or opposite. the opposite, the, the right? total
1: opposite, because they understand the consequences of combat. You understand what people are able to do to you. This is not like you don't know who, who you're that guy on the street is, a right? Small fish, you don't know who they are. And meeting these MMA fighters, whether it is through six MMA, where I get to actually, when I say hands on, like I'm getting ragdolled, yeah, by some of these nice. pros, right? By all <laughs> the pros, right? And uh. Or you, or like, and with Devolution Productions, um, which the MMA production company, yeah. being able to interview these guys, you don't know. You have no idea who who, who anyone is. They you don't look know like who a trains, normal guy who oh, doesn't.
0: But sometimes I got it's the, the cauliflower ears. cauliflower yeah. yeah.
1: So you you can tell for yeah some of the for some of the grapplers for sure. Um, it's a different thing though, uh, and so. Uh, for that yeah you, you you never know people don't understand the consequences and once you start training you become calmer you're way more confident in your own abilities you don't freak and out in those situations yeah 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 and it's you honestly are more focused on de-escalation this is obviously some people do get crazy with it they think oh, i have these, well, these you, if you're a hothead now. you're a hothead right
0: and if you want to learn it to hurt people you're yeah. going to learn it and then you're going to go yeah. out and hurt people right same as people that buy a gun for self-defense right. people that buy a gun. Like you yeah. looking to shoot somebody. You need
1: to be you need to be a good person for sure. But as like someone like the, the Gracies will will attest to, you bring someone in who has had a tough life or hard upbringing, and jujitsu or MMA can really mold someone and it can change you can change your personality. It can make you calmer, more respectful. Because that's what it's all about. You're not going yeah. in there and brawling. It's 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 about respect. Like the MMA gyms are. Uh, are run with this idea of like, you know, it's hanging in our, uh, in in 6 MMA, it's a, uh, what do you call it? A banner? A banner, exactly. Like strength and honor. Right, yeah. Just like respect, strength, and honor.
0: Like military style discipline because um, it, it is a combat sport at the end of the day. Like maybe not death, but kind of like a similar realm.
1: 100%. And like it's, it's you know, to quote Uriah Faber, you're simulating someone's death, whether it's jiu-jitsu. You don't let go of that choke, they're, they're dead. They're dead, yeah. They're dead. That's you, what it is. You're learning how to defend yourself safely, but there's real consequences from it. Well,
0: that's, that's the thing. You were saying, you know, you should, you know, looking to get into it and all that stuff. And I was saying... Because of my head and my neck, I wouldn't really want to get into. I want. Uh, I wouldn't want to get into a place where someone could even just push my head a little too far with a jab or something. Yep. Um, I'd love to roll and, and hit the bag, but I am most interested in self defense now because because of my head and my neck, and because of how much it affected my life. If anyone was even able to sucker me again or, or hit my head again or put me in a position where I I would get hurt, it would change. It would be so hard for me that I would love to get back into fight training. Purely for the off chance that someone, yeah. that hothead, that person, when I'm just enjoying myself, wants to hurt me again, and you can deescalate it. And I you don't de-
1: even necessarily need to engage. You Krav- can just
0: yeah, Krav Maga. I remember the 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 initial thing, as Robbie said, uh, was immediately you're in you're in a situation. Get up your fence, get your area, look around, notice the exits, and your fence is just like your hands up. So like you know maybe you could uh, I don't know. Keep the distance. Catch a punch. Distract them. Right. Hit, hit quickly if you needed to. But it was it was look to get something between you and the guy. Stools, tables. Look for the exits. Right. Don't get in a corner. Like and that like that. These were the principles they were teaching as rigidly as this is how you strike. This right. is how you because if 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 you're doing self defense, the idea is that person's trying to kill you, hurt you, embarrass you, whatever it is. Um, but still, you find yourself there sometimes. As a tall person at a club that's drunk, not knowing how obnoxious you are, the amount of times I get...
1: Charismatic, good-looking dude, you know?
0: People want to fucking hit you. I guess. Talk to somebody's girl, bump somebody you don't even realize. Dude, the amount of times people get in my face, I don't ever say a word to do it. I don't
1: ever... You're not trying to invite it. No. That's a good mentality to have, right? That's when, if you're inviting it you'll get someone who you shouldn't have invited. Yeah, in.
0: the buddy in the group, will they'll say this guy's an asshole and the one guy who knows how to fight will come up and fucking clean you out. Yeah. If you're not looking for it, you'll probably get some hothead, hopefully. That's just all, all yap. Yeah, and right. You can say, whoa, 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 like, relax. Yeah. But I do want to get back in the gym. I'd love to do that session with you. I enjoy this. This has been one of the longer ones we've done. Hell yeah. I'm sure we could go all day. We'll do a cool little fun content thing when you got the time, when we got the time and an episode two. So down, man. Thanks for so coming out.
1: It. Thanks for having me, man. Super exciting. And uh, dude, great to meet you finally. You know, yeah. right? it's been a long time coming. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, to uh to the future friendship. And Kev, thanks for thanks for uh your producer duties back there. Do you want to okay. chime in here?
1: Shout out to Kev. Anytime.
0: Do you want to hit the sign off here?
2: All right, guys, we'll see you next Tuesday. Cheers. Cam. Good episode, eh?
0: Yeah, that, uh dude, that was a super enjoyable episode with Cam. So this is kind of a new thing for us to do, like a post-episode.
2: Well, it's somewhat new. I mean, we've tried, back like year one, we used to do like before and afters, remember that?
0: Yeah, I do, you're right. Well, part of the, yeah, uh, so part of season three, part of all the shit we've been talking about is how season three, we're going to use the podcast for good, for good for our music and shit. So... Part of what Robbie and I are doing is uh, we're doing these after guest segments to like recap about the guest and to talk about what we got going on in music. So, you know, if you're not interested in that part, then it's not in the guest segment. But if you are interested in our like rock star journey, it's here. Um, But let's talk a little bit about Cam. So um, I thought it was super cool, his whole plan to join the UFC, because I don't think, man, what a unreal job that would be i was watching conor mcgregor best moments today and it's a it's a great sport
2: it's it's super fun super exciting and uh i, I remember I, like uh when we first worked together that like our shift was kind of like me interviewing him the whole time because i because i was so curious about it all i asked him like um, i'm i asked him a million questions um all sort of similar to what we spoke about on the show
0: it, it reminded um, me of when I worked with uh, Finn for the first time. Finn, who's a guest we had on that's a Princeton uh, college hockey player. Oh, yeah. And I spent the entire shift asking him what that life would be like. Because, <laughs> fuck, God knows I would kill to be a college hockey player. Or like a hockey player at any level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, s- similar vibe with Cam. So if you like that guest, uh, let, that type of guest, you know, obviously uh, let us know. Reach out. But back to our shit. Rob and I played a show this weekend
2: show was killer show was
0: killer it's just covers like we play night owl covers a couple times a month but there's some special thing that happens when we play covers the crowd just goes fucking
2: nuts for it especially they they pack that basement every single time we play there yeah and and we get messages after like i'm not tooting our horns all right i'm
0: not just tooting our horns legitimately people are like that was such a fun night Mm-hmm. and not only say they're lying to our face, I got a message from, uh, Kristen, our old roommate and her friend saying that they had friends there that had no idea who we were Yeah, talking just about the night they had. Yeah. And you know, our friends are like, we actually know those guys. Yeah. And they were like, Holy fuck. It was like such a sick night. So that makes me feel good. Uh, I can't wait to do, have that feeling with when we play our original shows. Yeah. But some probably. highlights from this show, um, randomly um the lead singer the Kells, was just there yeah max was just in the audience just, it was so cool he was just partying
2: and he stayed for like a set and a half and uh as the night progressed he uh he and like he was he was standing in the crowd like singing along to the song yeah while, while we were playing it was so cool uh
0: i i chatted with him after one of the sets and i was like hey dude i was like no Kells cover sorry
2: what'd he say he he laughed
0: he was like he's like no he's like no problem he's like you guys got a good catalog keep rocking it
2: i'm having a good time yeah i I told him he should get up there and sing a song i was you know what i was kind of hoping or thinking that you might because like one of the songs we like we like in our third set yeah which he was there for um we play a lot of hit like a lot of hits a lot of songs that everyone knows and i was thinking you might call him up on stage to sing a song but. you know
0: what i just fucking i just didn't want to bug him i i figure when you're at that level of success yeah like he does big show like he might be over getting called up on a random fucking cover night and everyone like <laughs> yeah that's true flooding I guess. his ears
2: he slash maybe maybe he, not maybe not and you would have loved to come up there max if anyone
0: knows him that's listening right now. Fucking ask him. Let us know. Or Max, Max, if you are listening right now, come on the pod. <laughs> We'd love to know. Also, if you're if you're noticing a change of scenery here, um we just uh, we have an open room in our house. Uh, we filmed Cam's episode in Kristen's room, but uh we're just like fuck it. Let's try out Kev's room. So we just f- moved all his furniture into Kristen's room.
2: Yeah, we just we just dumped it. Checked it out the window, and uh,
0: yeah, it's it's her room was too big for the pod. It was too echoey. It had that nice window.
2: Yeah, this is this is more the studio size that we've been looking for. Yeah, and Kev's not been around. That we've been so dreaming of what does he? Know.
0: What does he even need the room? Oh, Whoa. Kev, did you just get home?
1: Hey guys, where the fuck is all my stuff?
0: Oh, we we Wheel. just moved it to Chris's. You You know, you've been talking about wanting that room for beds, bigger the luxury room. Luxury room. We just shifted it over. We just moved all your shit. Is that?
2: No, thanks. That's actually amazing. (laughs) (laughs) A new smash pad. I'll check it out, but uh, appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're
0: like it. Just was too big for the pod, and you know we. Yeah, all your shits in there now, and I'm gonna be honest. It's
2: not enough to fill that room. Welcome to the closet. This is
0: Kev's closet. He's been
2: uh, yes. He's been living it's crazy you know seeing it emptied out that uh it's it's i mean it, it's it's for, for all smaller. rooms for all rooms this happens but for this room in particular it seems quite a bit smaller without games <laughs> it's bigger with stuff in it for it sure. is yeah. bigger with stuff in it and also yeah.
0: all your shit in Kristen's room makes it makes it seem like uh you're a minimalist <laughs>
2: <laughs> it feels like, very, like i need more stuff like i've it, It feels like I had a roommate and someone moved out of my room. Kev might have the best setup now, though, because he's also got that closet.
0: Kev's, yeah, fuck. Kev's Kev's still got his closet hanging up here. He's got all the storage that you have in the level there. And then you got the big room over there now. So enjoy your 20 days of luxury. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Before we're on the streets.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Before we get the fuck out of here. Glad
0: you're such a good sport about it.
2: Yeah, cheers, boys. Producer Kev.
0: Yeah. Here, let's uh, give a shout out. We left some. some, Memories of you in this room though. Here's a nice picture of what of these your, your niece and nephew. Yep. Yeah. So you know, we just it's still, you know, Kev's Kev's still a part of this if you're looking on the camera, he's still a part of this room. Yeah. But it's ours now, Kev. So never come Good back. Old Kev. Never the, come back in Get the you. fuck out you guys <laughs> <too>. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your huge, spacious room. You got about ten minutes uh, in here to do whatever you want in there. So, you know, if you want to christen it, if you wanna
2: And go do some jumping jacks. Jump
0: jumping jacks. Mm, okay. okay. I was thinking of more jacking off, but all right, <laughs> that's
2: uh No, he's he's got a girl here so yeah
0: jacking off into a girl (laughs) that's that's what sex is right that's that's how it works yeah
2: that's how it works at least that's how i do it
0: um but yeah thanks for the room sayonara cheers cheers um yeah but back to uh back to our music stuff so we did a show this weekend i just ran our instagram account for the first two weeks and if you've been listening to previous episodes this season uh you know that rob and i are now going head to head uh Every couple of weeks, I'm running the Instagram account. Who can who can uh, get more engagements? You know, who can grow the pot. And I, it was tough to start out the cycle. I was a little bit delayed on my like preparation, but uh, I got my stats here.
2: Oh, what, did you calculate them? Yeah, All? I
0: calculated them. I put them in my little stats you, calculator. You squeaked
2: in a little uh, last minute Instagram this afternoon. I eh? did. I
0: squeaked in one this afternoon because I thought my numbers were looking light. I'd only put up three instagram posts in two weeks which is very light but i put up one two three four five six seven stories in two weeks which is one every other day which is very good and the instagrams i put up two two of them were home runs and i did that uh cover video so because it's my two weeks the cover video like i had to think of a content idea it's part of the two-week cycle you uh we tally up points based on how many comments you get, how many saves, shares, likes you get relative to how many followers we have and that generates how many points each post gives you. The same with the stories, it's how many story views you get on the most viewed story of that day and how many story actions you get on the most like engaged with story on that day. So one of our posts, the video, uh, the cover video we did with Liv, Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour Got a whopping thirty-one comments and twenty-three shares and saves.
2: Wait, thirty. I'm just thinking, thirty-one comments. Did you take that from the total?
0: Yes, and that's including my comments in response. That's, that's including your comments, but that's comments? to incentivize you replying to people, and because that's all part of running the Instagram too, right? Replies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would look pretty stupid if you just commented twenty times yourself, but I I, I don't try to game the system like that. Like,
2: no, I was <laughs> I wasn't thinking of gaming the system like that. I was thinking whether it makes sense to have your own comments. Yeah, for tallied. sure.
0: Yeah, because then that incentivizes you to respond to everybody. That's part of I think writing a good Instagram account. Okay. Um, and those are points that both of us can get, so it's an even playing field. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that post fucking yielded 61 points. Then uh, I put up a post that got a shitload of likes, 247 likes, us standing in front of that car. I love how that's like a shitload for us and some people listening are like losers. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking... We have 950 followers, so suck my dick. Uh, that's, that's decent ratio, like 25%? Exactly. Uh, and then the other two... I'm still waiting for the total to come in on the day today. So the number yeah. will change, but th- they got, uh, so the, that t- 247 like one got seven comments, seven saves and shares, uh, 35 points. Then, uh, the night owl promotion picture obviously didn't do too well. It's just promoting. Yeah. And the one today, I just squeaked one in there cause I fucking needed a little extra post. So they yeah. got like mid hundreds. Of likes, and then the stories did pretty cool. I th- our best story was 40 engagements, and our best viewership was 500 views. So, combined the points I have from all the stories from all the posts around 216, that'll probably climb by like 10 or 15 points after today's post is done. So, next week, next two weeks, you're going to take over.
2: Yeah, you know, you know what I just thought? What's that? What, what about, um, you know, those apps that track followers, yeah, and follows. And, like, how many followers you gain and stuff like that? Yeah. What if?
0: I thought this keeps it the most simple because it's like directly your actions on these posts. You choose the photo, you comment back, you choose the content, you choose the cover
2: video. But if you like hashtag stuff and you're liking other people's posts and like commenting on their stuff and gaining follows, that's still like. It is. But what if also on the side we're
0: doing collaborations with people that bring in followers that had nothing. So, like, you know how part of the monthly things is we're also trying to like eventually start cl- doing collaborations and stuff. Sure. If those might, then we'll get into the, the politics of lining up dates. So it falls in your two week window to claim all the followers you gained as your own. Yeah. I think this is just a simple way to judge the quality of work we do and like the big output, like the results of getting more followers, I think is ju- it, it, sorry. It's Okay. Just don't break his photo. Does that make sense? I really thought about this. I I spent a lot of time figuring out the most simple way to like track our performance. And then whoever does better at the end of the month gets employee of the month. And the other person buys them a dinner. You get a bit of advantage uh, the first month from seeing me go first. You just have to one-up me.
2: You think so? Yeah,
0: Yeah, you you knew exactly what I did. You just have to do
2: better. Yeah, true. So Like double your posts?
0: Well, double it or, or do better. Yeah. Um. And then we'll see if the system works. We might have to alternate who goes first, or if it's just always this, the guy who goes second wins. Mm-hmm. We might have to scrap the system entirely
2: and go off something. Well, that's... it's. I mean, yeah. Oh, nice. Nice catch. It's kind of like uh, there's there's some games like that, like uh, like curling. You know. Yeah. If if you go first or second, yeah. Depending, you get an advantage, and so we might just
0: have to alternate so it's fair throughout the year. Yeah. But also, you have to think of like a content piece to do, or else the the weeks of wash like that's in the rules. Yeah. Okay. You have to do one content piece like that video as well. Okay. Um, and if you're putting up shitty content, I think this system is good at assigning the right amount of points. Like that really amazing piece of content I put up, that got all the engagements yeah, yeah. is literally triple the amount of points as like that throwaway post that I put up just to promote night owl. Yeah. Because it wasn't as engaging. So, you can do th- you're act, you're active you can That's do th- th- you can do three times as many shitty posts to equal one good post that I did so it's not just a, a quantity game it's a quality game uh so we'll see how this works I'm excited to see if this actually creates a fun little game for us because running the Instagram kind of sucks not neither of us really wanted to do it all the time or we either of us were doing a great job so this doing it on the pod adds a little bit of a game a little bit of a fun accountability and then I think other than that the only news we had is that we're going into the studio Feb twenty eighth, our first official live studio, professional studio uh recording of a song. It's really exciting.
2: It's gonna be dope. I'm gonna get the song all uh all polished and shined up. Been sitting on it for a little bit now. So we've been
0: sitting on it for so long because we recorded I'm it ourselves. We uh, we did it with uh our own mics. We we recorded it live off the floor in Scott's basement, and we did a decent job. But we figured out that it's harder to mix live recordings than it is to mix like in the computer recordings that you and I did for like mid-20s and all the other songs on our old EP. So we decided to reach out to a professional studio that does it professionally and um, they should be able to turn it around that week if it goes well. So the song mm-hmm. will be done at the end of February that we've been sitting on for like three months. It's
2: going be we'll, sick. We we'll can release really it. I'm actually really excited.
0: We'll throw a concert at the end of March, early April where we'll film the music video for that that song, we'll release the song a couple weeks before the concert, and uh, that way people will know the words, we'll invite all of our friends so they can be in the music video, we'll probably get a couple other bands to do it with us, we'll have a fucking wicked original show, because we've also been keeping to our schedule of writing new music, so we have like two more sick songs already written, and yeah. if this way of recording goes really well, it's a little expensive, but we at least know that we can turn around a song every month. We can start releasing songs.
2: And we'll have maybe like four or five more songs. Yeah. Play. More singles, yeah. film
0: more music videos, more shit going out all the time. We're trying to blow up. That's what this end of the segment of the pod is. This end of the pod segment is to explain all the work involved of us trying to get famous as rock stars because it's audacious, but its I don't think it's hard. I think it's just repetitive, good work, easy work. Stuff we like. Consistency. Consistency. Uh other than that, I think that's uh I think uh it's everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. You ready for your two weeks?
2: I think so. I'll figure something out. I can blow you out of the fucking water.
0: Uh, you talk a fucking tough game, I'll tell you that. <laughs> for for a guy who <laughs> I'm gonna uh,
2: eat your guy. I, I see you breakfast. at the gym and
0: you walk by and you yell pussy as I'm literally <laughs> benching you and uh and i you know i I, I know i know it gets to you you know what because i want you to back it up one of these fucking days
2: you know what i I was thinking about the other day what's that i would love to i'd love to wrestle you sometime like 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 you you and me have never like gone at it it's because we're in
0: different weight classes i got six inches and 20 pounds and i I do i do heavier lifts on everything and i've had fight training like what
2: I would just love I, I I don't even care about any of that. I would just love to go at it with you someday. Okay. I'm I will literally do it anyth- any time day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest maybe fucking do the little the little work with Cam, maybe. Yeah. Gonna, we'll I'm Cam. like McGregor. You got you, you gotta come at me with, with uh, attributes. Whatever he <laughs> says. Yeah. You gotta come at me with attributes, man.
2: Alright. Well you
0: know. I want it. I I want the competition. Every time I see you at the gym or I see the meals you're eating, I'm begging you to fucking compete because I love the competition. (laughs) I would I would if you got as strong as me, yeah, if you started eating as much and like putting in this the same sort of like things that I like to do, I would love nothing more. Yeah. So like outdo me on Instagram, I would happily lose because it means You know what I mean? It's like it's bettering both of us, you know what I'm saying? And I'll buy you dinner. I'm into that, yeah.
2: Um, cool. Let's wrap it up.
0: Let's wrap it up.
2: Lock it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you lock it up. Lock it up.
0: Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And we already said, see you next Tuesday. We got to figure out how to sign off these pods now. Um, but if you're still will, listening, uh, yeah. If you're still listening, you're a warrior. You're a true jammer. And uh, next time I see you, I'll give a big kiss on the lips. Hold me mm-hmm. to it. <laughs>
2: Alright <laughs> later. Dude. It's the motherfucking D.R.A. Dr. Dre motherfucker i mobbing with the D-O-double-G Straight off the fucking streets of CPT King up the beach, you ride to him in your fleet, fleet. What? What? the veal rolling on dubs How you feel, whoop-de-whoop, nigga, what? Dre Snoop, chronic down yeah. in the lag With Doc in the back, sipping on Yag yeah. clipping the strap, dipping through hoods what? What? Compton, Long Beach, Inglewood Send you out to the west side This California love, this California bug Got a nigga gang of I'm on one, I might bell up in the century club with my jeans on and my team strong Get my drink on and my smoke on Then go home with something to poke on up, bitch? Locus on for the two triple O Coming real, it's the next episode. Next
3: episode.